0: One, I wanted to count together.
1: <laughs> welcome. You just don't count. No, sh- As- shut up, both of you, all right? Shut up, you children, and welcome to Overwatch 101. This is where you're getting your lessons for today uh, with these three wonderful professors that we have available here. It's Blanchard Overwatch. The most professional people. The most professional people involved in Overwatch, I would say. Us It's That's a good point. <laughs> the ju- your head looks like the moon when you do that. <laughs> like, actually, it's... <laughs> It's so big and round. It's it's beautiful. You look like a planet. You it's haven't industrial. seen him in a
2: while. You don't know. I mean,
1: what do you mean? I haven't seen that in a while? Size.
2: You haven't seen anyone in a while, Matt. You do not. I saw Johnny. House. I, I saw Johnny. Uh, uh, a bit
0: ago. No. When did I see you? I don't think I've seen you. What do you mean? <laughs> I went to your place. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that was pretty forgettable. Uh, Wasn't
2: that like two
1: months ago, Matt? Is that the last yeah, time like you went outside your something.
0: house? June, May. I, I think took it was May, you go to
1: the vet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Pretty good. All right. Looking after the the small animal that you're responsible for. You know, I can appreciate uh, that.
2: People, I think during all of this, they realize like things they can live without, and I realize I can just live without all of you guys. Uh, <laughs> that I don't have to be around any of you guys to to exist. I,
0: I, I, I still enjoy that, you
2: guys, but yeah, I, I figured. You know, like how how uh how you rely on Bren for all of your kind of content and uh, fun and insight and just kind of like you just leech off of him, you know? Okay, yeah, you yeah, You can't yeah. exist without him, but yeah. I can exist without everybody.
1: Sure, yeah. No, I want to see Matt do a solo cast for the grand final. I want to send this to Mitch and the rest of the Overwatch League yeah. so and just say, put him out on an island, let him just give him one headset for the grand final, and, and that's it it's just i'll do my
2: asmr Matt. cast i'll wear like a pigeon head and i'll just bash my head against the mic kind of like uh what do you think asmr is What are you talking about a pigeon head did you not know, see you know see uh there was some viral clip i think it was like uh 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 i want to say it was amaranth she had a pigeon head on she was hitting, <laughs> hitting her oh head my God. against an ear thing Oh, oh yeah. no! Oh, yeah. I did not see that.
1: I, I I'm uh, not a,
2: I'm not a tier three sub, Matt. I didn't realize that you were, you were a frequenter <laughs> of the. Uh, n- neither am I. You know, you, you get exposed to some things when you watch Rich Campbell stream. You know, it's, it kind of sucks you down a. Yeah. deep path. Yeah, that's fair enough.
1: Honestly, it really is. All right. Well, the countdown cup finished, and we've got some yeah, banging happens. stuff to talk about this week. There was also like some stuff popping off in terms of you know MVP, end of season, all of that kind of stuff. So we got we got a packed show, and I'll tell you who's presenting this packed show this week. Mm, you're damn right. It's a sponsored episode by Manscaped. Manscaped. They, they've been good enough to sponsor uh, this month's episode as well. We have a, a code if any of you are interested. Uh, you can save 20% off and you get free shipping as well when you use code PLATCHAT uh, at manscaped.com. And they, they uh, have one of their big things that they're doing this month and last month when we did an activation with them is their lawnmower 4.0, which is the superior way with a ceramic blade of being able to shave your downstairs it's areas. True. And listen... Okay, they don't want me to tell you this, but it's just hair. I mean, in theory, you could buy a separate one and use it anywhere else. The whole point of it is you don't want to be using the same shaver on your junk as you do on your head. But I can tell you that because they sent me an extra one, Beth used it to shave her head, and it worked perfectly fine. And She's got like a fucking banging undercut. Uh, Not the same one. Remember, that's the whole point. You have one for – I have one for myself just keeping yeah. things tidy making sure that nothing goes nothing gets too too warm you know in the summer months it's very humid here it's in texas it's
2: got the led light in case you're in the dark <laughs> it
1: actually does it really does it does it- I mean, you say in case you're in the dark, but also, you know, most people don't have a spotlight shining at their gooch, and so sometimes you just need an extra bit of lighting down there. Some yeah, people live in, point. you know, kind of dingy apartments rather than your silver spoon looking mansion motherfucker where you've got 360 surround lighting for your shower.
2: You know, some, some, some people the have reason, a normal setup. Surround lighting for the shower. That's a very interesting, <laughs> yeah, I haven't Isn't met somebody with that. It's also fully waterproof.
1: I mean, it's clearly the most superior way that I've seen across the internet yeah. to, to kind of manscape. I mean, to use the literal version. I
2: got sent a, uh, an older version of the lawnmower a while ago. The 3.0? Because I did something with manscape. Yeah. I can say the 4.0 is a big improvement. Mm. I know a lot of the features we just showed the light, the, you know, it's, it's ve- I used the, use the new one on my, my hair.
1: Bloody, yeah, hell. I have the old Bloody one.
2: hell. I mean, okay, all right. I, do,
1: I mean, I do want to point out it's supposed to be used for your junk. So, I mean. Lift up your shirt. Josh shaves his chest with it. <laughs> I mean, I don't, but you'd be yeah, forgiven look, for thinking look. so.
2: There's Wait, nothing that grows. Your
1: chest at all. No, I I just don't. I don't have any hair there at all. I mean, some people do, I'm sure. Some people do shave their chest with it. You had it
2: lasered off, John. Anyway,
1: if you're using scissors on your hair, perfectly fine. If you're using scissors on your chest hair, perfectly fine. Do not use scissors on your balls. Buy a Manscaped product. Use code PLATCHAT for 20% off and free shipping, and your balls will thank you. Um, Okay, let's get into the Overwatch stuff, though, from this week. We had kind of a banging tournament. I want to start here, though, before we get into any of our. Meet at the did topic. Know... Go on then, Jonathan. Give, give me your piece. What? Did we not have a banging tournament? Because I was oh, going to ask man. you the question: Are things better? Are things more
0: interesting without Dallas and Shanghai, or does that take away from it a bit? I mean, I wa- Sorry, I'm trying to buy a JPEG real fast for real money. Don't worry about it. Uh, I was going into this uh, tournament so excited, and I like tweeted out, and I was like, "Is this going to be the best tournament ever? Like the teams are so even. Uh, very fun gameplay. I mean, going into the tournament, we talked about it last week. We thought that all of these teams would be kind of like close. And they yeah, all had a chance to win I it. did, yeah. And then we just had like... the, the Day two, we had three O's. It was so disappointing. I wanted like 15 maps in one day. I wanted reverse sweeps. All of that. And I get it. Like the Gladiators Chengdu. Not trying to get ahead of myself. The Chengdu Gladiators kind of rivalry we had over the weekend. It was epic. The matches were amazing. But... I was hoping that Seoul would be able to be a bit more competitive. Pelican Atlanta, you know, it kind of sucks. It is what oh. it is, but
2: that's your first mistake. You believe in Seoul all the time.
0: <laughs> for me, I never believe
2: in them. So I never had any expectations for them going into the weekend. So I kind of expected that to happen. I thought this was a really good event. Uh, I think it's, it was a, a nice kind of, uh, opportunity to see the teams, not Dallas and Shanghai. Uh, it really kind of felt like a little bit like coming into it like this was either Chengdu or atlanta's time to break out i felt like but, it yeah i really did uh, think so uh, but obviously the gladiators just seized the the opportunity they almost beefed it at the end but i mean they 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 really did a, a fantastic job i also think it enter is some very interesting questions towards like playoffs right you know if uh the meta is now vastly different you know do Shanghai and Dallas now play catch-up to these teams in terms of, like, quality of play? Because I do think, like you mentioned, Johnny, you know, maybe some matches weren't, you know, the closest. But I thought the quality of play was really strong throughout the weekend, really from all the teams, even Seoul.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. Okay, all right. Oh, Josh. Sorry, I thought you were going to chime in there. I didn't know if you liked that or not.
1: No, 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 no. I was, I was just waiting to hear your opinion on that, too, because I think... I, I don't know. I feel like a lot of people would have been disappointed with what was showcased from, like, Seoul and Atlanta when they kind of got rocked in those matches, too. But I, I do think it was more so Gladiators stepping up rather than the other teams. I, it was, oh, yeah. It was difficult to be able to tell from the outside. But I, we, I don't know whether we did predict Gladiators going out in two, but I, that's what my bracket looked like. My bracket looked like Gladiators going yeah, out in no. two. Um. I think no, we have them going had to, them like like finals, the next round. I had Chengdu, right,
2: right. Chengdu Gladiator's finals, but I had yeah. Chengdu winning. Well, I yeah,
1: I just same. felt like I'd I'd seen some great stuff from Gladiators, but I hadn't seen it all the time, and I was worried whether they'd be able to pull it off, and they did, and I think that was the most impressive part about this. But to to just talk for a moment about the Dallas-Shanghai thing, do you think the weight of this tournament gets mitigated slightly? We were discussing this last week, I believe, that a lot of people would poo-poo the final Countdown Cup and be like, um, oh, it doesn't it doesn't mean as much. Jonathan, that was that was your point of view as yeah. well, is that you did think it, it didn't mean quite as much. When you look at kind of the level of play that the teams were showcasing, were you swayed in one direction or another? Do you still have that same opinion that, you know, the big dogs weren't really here?
0: Um, I think, you know, in a couple of years, when we look back at the Liquipedia page, I think that some people... Um, will remember this as a tournament that Dallas and Shanghai didn't try. It's just like, yeah, you know, like that was a tournament they didn't appear because they sandbagged or whatever. Um, I think after seeing the matches being played out, I think you could make that argument for uh, Seoul and Atlanta. I think you can be like, well, Seoul and Atlanta, they got in here because Dallas and Shanghai they didn't try their hardest. Uh, Atlanta, not so much because obviously in qualifiers, they were amazing with Pelican. Um so that they were really good there, but for Seoul, I think you could make that argument in a way. Um, I, I think Gladiators and Chengdu. Um, I think them getting first and second. I think they showcased such a high level of play that the argument that Dallas and Shanghai would have beaten them, I don't, I don't really buy that anymore. I, I think that well, Gladiators definitely earned this stage title, um, and in hindsight, I don't think we can say that Dallas and Shanghai would have stood a chance of what, uh, against what they brought out
2: i mean would it be fair to even say like dallas dallas kind of peaked really early and maybe they're like obviously it doesn't seem like they really wanted to go to hawaii this time right yeah but, yeah. but i i do think there's a case where they, you look and excluding hawaii right the gladiators since their really poor first part of the season have been very strong same with atlanta those teams you know A lot of the times when you talk about playoffs in the end of the season, it's really the teams kind of hitting their stride then that end up taking it and performing well, not the teams that have peaked at the beginning. Uh, yeah. Outside of really kind of the, the shock like for those years, right? But, yeah, I
1: mean, the same can't particularly be said of uh, the Shanghai Dragons, though, right? Because they, they no, exactly. have only seemed to get better over the course of the season. But I think it's a very interesting point, just in general. Like it, It's hard to say who Dallas would have qualified over, whether it was Atlanta or Gladiators. You know, if Dallas were performing really well, they probably have qualified over GLADS, if anything, and they ended up being the team that won it. To me, a lot of these kind of thought experiments showcase how volatile Overwatch really is, where you can you can miss out, especially in a season like this when you only have four regular season matches, you can miss out by a hair's breadth on being in the qualifiers, or you can have a close match where you dip out, and maybe if you had made it to Hawaii, you might have won the whole event. Like There's, there's so many scenarios like that where the what-ifs do seem to make a, a relatively big difference. And I don't know. It's, it's very hard to speculate about how good those teams would be if they'd really uh. tried because they, they they were taking it loose on practice.
2: I just... Uh, I agree I with you I didn't come with, away from uh... it feeling
1: like... I didn't come away from it feeling like the tournament had been spoiled. That was my no. biggest fear is that I'd come out of it feeling like, oh, well, these teams were just kind of shit. Like, they, they would have uh. been rolled by Shanghai. But I actually came out of this tournament thinking... Really fucking high-level Overwatch being played. I'm so happy that, like, Chengdu was still doing well. Gladiator stepped up. There's some really cool narratives heading into the postseason. It didn't feel like a B-tier event.
2: No, I think what you kind of learn from this, like, I agree with you. I think, like, Shanghai is the team that had, you know, out of those, like, Shanghai and Dallas that has been getting better throughout the season where, like, you look at that and say, okay, like, they probably could have been there instead of Seoul. Uh, But what I think you kind of cemented in this, right, is that Chengdu is the second best team in APAC. Uh, I think it'll even be difficult for Seoul to kind of make it out of APAC in the playoffs. And then I think for NA, with Dallas, you know what? They got uh, first, second, then third, right? Uh, Uh, Is that kind of their trajectory? Yes,
1: first, second, third, and then didn't qualify. So I don't even know what. And didn't
2: qualify. So like they've been on the downturn as the, the rain and the Gladiators have been kind of rising. And it's super interesting. I mean, they only end up with that first seed in NA because of the league points that they got for winning the first event.
1: Well, and also coming second in the second event, you know, like Right. they they haven't really in all of the Hawaii visits they've gone to. They've been the best Western team.
2: Yes. Uh, I do think, though, there's a case that Atlanta and the Gladiators are starting to catch them, though. Sure. The right time.
1: Let's talk about the Seoul Dynasty. I want to start with the team that ended up in fourth place at the moment. You're watching them play right now. Uh, They've been extremely consistent throughout APAC. A lot of people, you know, rating them highly because their regular season performances have been good. In some ways, they're kind of... This is going to sound a little batshit to say this, but they're kind of like the shock of, of APAC. Both teams make the finals last year. Both teams look a little underwhelming they don't go to stage finals apart from this performance from Seoul at the very end of the year but they still have an extraordinarily good regular season record and they were able to get the wins in the regular season when it mattered to push them to a very high placement uh, that's uh the, the the one-to-one comparison is not exactly there but Seoul did not perform anywhere near as well as i was hoping from them in this uh in this showcase in the countdown cup I actually I thought the they might be able to run teams good. really close. I thought even if they went out 0-2, they'd be able to put out some really close games. They just I looked, actually
0: thought they could as well. They looked I, limp. I, yeah, I, I was hoping they'd come in like lights out, be this like smart team that learned how to play against the likes of Chengdu or um, Atlanta even and like, figure out those compositional changes. Instead, they were the team that kind of like blundered their compositions like putting two you on zarya it makes sense in a winston I they like
2: played the fucking so mayu like... against the Arisa thing and just yeah just turbo fed every yeah, yeah. the
1: prophet um, may was
0: not getting anything done the, the prophet may and then also like i really hated how two you swapped to zarya sometimes against uh Did change the change hunters yeah it must have been yeah yes yeah, i think right, he was yeah. i mean he's on zarya um, now as well and it just felt like they were a bit lost in the matches sometime. Um, Animo, I don't think he had a great performance on Brig at all, this tournament. He seemed a bit lost in that matter. It works, I guess, if you're just pocketing creative and trying to keep him alive. But he lacked he He felt very one-dimensional with this defensive uh, Brigitte play. And I felt like he 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 didn't really help the team in that regard. When you got to adapt to some of these teams, um, you got to be smart about your compositions and your play. And I felt like Soul Dynasty, they just they just didn't. They just they just weren't as smart or as adaptable or well-rounded as some of these other teams. They really felt out of out of touch. I yeah.
1: did and- I did like how explosive Prophet and Fitz still felt. Like, oh yeah. yeah. Profit was wing so position. But the thing is when you, you had to get them on the right characters as well, you had to get them on the right heroes. Because I mean, when Fitz is playing any kind of long-range hit scan or he's playing the Sombra, he's incredibly good. And then when Prophet was playing like Farah, for example, he was taking it to Pel... I mean, Pelican is playing on high ping, right? He was playing on super high ping. But he was taking it to Pelican, doing pretty much 50 50 in terms of fire jewels, and then getting much better barrages off. And that was giving them some serious win conditions in fights. It just feels like the team is powered by their DPS and they have very little else. Creative hat was all right. But it, it feels. I almost. I know I was getting really mauled in at old soul dynasty when they were all over the place every week, but they did have higher highs.
2: Yeah. I mean, well, what Animo like when he kind of left NYXL, did anyone, re- I mean, I thought he was good for New York, but I didn't really kind of think he was like, like a big difference maker. Like it's not the same kind of uh well, I mean, he didn't play that much this season because like the meta, but like, it's not the same caliber of like getting a player like Moth, right, for uh, the Gladiators. Well, he's a, he's a straight well, downgrade
1: he, from Toby as well, who he was coming into a place.
0: Right. Yeah, I, I think he carried like he carried a lot of like uh, star potential with like his name because he was on that New York Excel roster. But correct me if I'm wrong here. Didn't like animals play like really suit New York and their play style, being able to rely around Jonak a lot. Um, yeah, he was very and,
1: defensive.
0: Yeah, and I think we're just past that now where you need to be more well-rounded in your play and like you look at some of these main supports that are amazing these days like skewed i mean everyone can't be skewed but like yeah uh, (laughs) yeah. but but i feel like animo is really falling behind compared to some other main supports and like you said like toby if toby was still on this team i'd be like toby toby's not the best main support in the world i'm not going to be on a vast level (laughs) simp here for toby but i i do think it it could have potentially gone better with toby than animo here
2: I do feel like uh, the comparison of the shock is good because, you know, some people would obviously just look at the records and be like, both of these teams are good. But when you kind of watch them and go by like the eye test, you can clearly see that like, yeah, they may win, but there's something missing here kind of from the top where you look at some of these teams in APAC, like just by the fact of them having profit and fits and empowering them, they're going to beat half of the teams in APAC. Pretty handily every time, right? I mean,
0: yeah, and I mean that that works, right? Right, but works. it does not probably work against this wins. top
2: level of play, though. When yeah, when the other team has Kai and Pelican, you know, you're not playing against uh, some of the people on the Valiant or the Guangzhou Charge, and I you know uh, Profit can just turn turn on Spotify and just kill everybody. And, and In this whatever. matchup
0: kind of worked for that, right? Because both teams played so slow. Yeah, so it's like if you're gonna win one matchup, it'd probably be this one. But Their if you're telling me you're it. just gonna sit still and play slow and rely on fits and profit against like Chengdu against the gladiators, I, I have a hard time seeing your winning condition. There. When Atlanta saw yeah,
2: them come out with the May, they were probably just fucking laughing. They were like, What?
1: This is very odd though. I don't understand at all why Prophet came out on May here. I don't even understand like what it tries <laughs> to accomplish. It, by the way, whenever he was playing May, he was leaping into the front line and using like his ice block and his wall to try and make space for his tanks. I've never seen a May play like that before. I like, uh, so casted this. W- w- watch him in this final fight. I swear he jumps into the front line <laughs> using ice block to make space for Gesture and To You because they don't understand how
2: to make space to, like based off uh, timing and cooldowns themselves. When I was casting this, I was like, "This is insane!" Like, he's like one of the best Tracers like that that we have. Like, he's just so good at so many other heroes, and you put him on May, who has not been played at all, really out any of this and for like zero reason like i think i was talking to scott about it and he was like well like he's trying to you know stop the aggression from atlanta and i was like they're play, playing like Ar- Ar- arisa hanzo like i like what, what what is like are they just trying to run down gator like i mean that's not really gonna work he doesn't even use the blizzard here uh if i remember correctly he never yeah. actually even gets it off it's it was just uh it was
1: pretty sad it was, it was a sad performance, man. Uh, but the thing is, soul have now managed to lock their spot into play-ins. They, they lost yes. that guaranteed playoff spot that they would have potentially had over Chengdu because they lost the direct head-to-head match against them. They got a clean sweep. They got dominated in that game, by the way. Just wasn't even close. But the, the virtue of them, or rather, uh, because they lost that game, they're now probably going to have to face Philly to even get into playoffs. This constant rivalry that we've had between Seoul Dynasty and Philadelphia Fusion is going to rear its head again because that game. I mean, it's almost inevitable, right? Who else is even going to make it there? The Sparkers look kind of sparked. shitty. Yeah, yeah. And, and what? I, New York and Chung, uh, New York and Guangzhou are on the wrong side of the playing bracket, aren't they? Or did New York sneak uh, in? No, well, they're not in. No, they're, they're, so, not, they're, so they're not, not in. Even so uh,
2: APAC is only a three-team uh, playing. So Philly would play uh, Hangzhou, and then the winner right, plays then, Right, Exactly. And so. It seems inevitable that you're going to
1: get another Seoul-Philly match to see who progresses, which we've seen all year long. Those can go the full distance. Both of those teams are really evenly matched. So I'm excited for that in some sense. But also, I don't really think either of them is going to do too much unless the playoff meta is something drastically different that we haven't seen so far this season, honestly. Yeah.
0: I mean looking at the hero pools as well like gonna kind of come available, Ash, Echo, so I'm assuming we'll maybe see some more rush compositions. I mean, we'll talk about this next week, but I mean, um Echo like wh- whoever is the better Echo team um stuff like that, so
2: I feel like giving the Fusion more time to integrate some of their other players that have just gotten there. Oh, I say just gotten there. I mean, they've been there a bit, but obviously haven't been able to play with the team like you you have like an Ash Echo type of meta, and now you have Shockwave back in the mix. You know, funny Astro, Gun Lucio, like yeah, it, yeah They yeah. can definitely give Soul some issues, right? Oh yeah, sure. And, and I think
1: Philadelphia's uh, improvements recently have been dramatic, I've really dramatic. Um, I thought that they'd be able to win this game and end up in Hawaii and maybe do some damage. Um, I, I was actually pretty impressed with how Sol and Philly were playing in their regular season portion of the Countdown Cup but none of it materialized and also I, I feel like I didn't even really get my answer from this about um, which meta was better in the Countdown Cup because I thought a lot of it might come down to whether Ball stuff or Orisa stuff was better. And so the teams that were playing really heavy, slow Orisa kind of things, like Atlanta and Seoul, might end up doing extremely well if that meta was viable. But Gladiators and Chengdu still played a bunch of Orisa. They just played it at a higher tempo and, and won. And even when they were mirroring it against the other teams. So it was a bit of a bizarre tournament, I feel. There was a of uh, value in terms good. of being a jack-of-all-trades kind of team. <laughs> what yeah, you and... Enjoying?
0: No, I was going to say, like, that's what was so impressive about Gladius' win, in my mind, was that they were able to play all of these different compositions at a really high level and find compositional advantages um, on specific maps where, like, they, they they favor some of these compositions. It was clear that Chengdu, they wanted to put Jinmu on Farah a lot yeah. of the time, um, and that was sort of their win condition. That's why I thought they would win, because they'd be able to force it somehow, and then whether Lee played play the Sombra or Tracer, you know, it's whatever. Um, but for the meta, it was so cool to see gladiators being able to play Orisa compositions uh, against the San Francisco Shock at a really high level. And Chengdu, um, yeah. they could swap over to like the Tracer Sombra Dive if they wanted to. Um, I don't know how much Reinhardt we saw of them, yeah, uh, but they saw they, saw sorry, a little no, bit. bit. they played it yeah. like once. They, they played it but, and they boomed Atlanta on like OT in Hanamura. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but I was gonna say Winston on as well. Like they right. could play. Yeah. Risa, Winston Honor and Reckon comps. So yeah. uh, that was really cool how we thought, like, there's going to be one dominant thing, and Gladys just managed to play all at a really high level. So. Yeah.
1: I, I want to talk about Atlanta for a moment, though, because we should address the-, the copium from the Atlanta fans, the elephant in the room, et cetera, et cetera. Pelican was playing on super high ping. So the first, we- for starters, they didn't even think, and most of the community, the fans didn't think he would even be fielding the play. Yeah, I didn't think he was going to play yeah, whatsoever. The guy's just come out of having surgery from a collapsed lung, and he's in Atlanta. He's got a
2: 100... Tylenol and get him out there.
1: Yeah, I mean <laughs> the guy's got 170 ping minimum, right? That's what they said they played with him. Uh, they that, that's what they wanted him to play on, and then he ended up being on 240 yeah. for one of the games, so he didn't get fielded. Um, what kind of impact do you think this had? Uh, oh. What the, the question here that all of the Atlanta Rain fans will want you to answer is, do you think Atlanta would have
2: been able to win had Pelican be able to be fielded? Oh, it was an impact. Uh, it's something that, like, you never could have expected or planned for or, like, what, what do you even do, right? Uh, I mean, I think I saw that, like, uh it may have been somebody where, like, uh, we had a an issue i think like with uh maybe even having like uh them play on a different server but like potentially like if the finals was like a uh, gladiators uh rain like they would have like tried to swap to like a la server to give like pelican like a, a better, oh, yeah, specifically around game. that as well yeah.
1: um brad posted on reddit that uh, obviously if you have gladiators playing against the rain they could have played on LA servers instead of playing on Tokyo servers. Normally, they play on Tokyo so that it's in between Hawaii and uh, and Korea, right? So uh, people are on somewhat even ping. In theory, you could have played it on the LA servers where you get similar levels of ping. But um, there's there was a report, again, Halo doing his best at semi, semi-reporting things, reporting the juicy stuff and leaving out key details where he was talking about the, the fact that they denied it due to production reasons. And then Brad posted on Reddit, the, the the head coach of Atlanta, and he said the production reason was that they would have had to restart the entire stream in order to move the pod. And so Brad was like, well, yeah, that's a fair enough reason to not do it. And so maybe they would have been able to do it for the final had Gladiators in Atlanta played right. because they would have had time to prep and they would have been... There's only one game that's happening on stream that day. So that that would have been fine. But... To, to pivot and do it during. I mean, that is the reason that you have subs is so that you can account for mer- emergencies like that. It, that's the point of having substitute players to mitigate uh, these kind of problems.
2: I, I mean, could they have won? Yeah. Uh, I also feel like for Atlanta, like even though they didn't win, I still feel like they kind of accomplished something uh, that they needed to do by securing that, like by not having to play in the play-ins, yeah. right? Uh. Which, I think I tweeted them also, like, they had, like, a tremendous year overall, right? They finish, they, they go to three tournaments, they they skip the play-ins, they guarantee themselves in playoffs, and now they give themselves, what, like, three weeks for Pelican to, like, not be, you know, two yeah. days removed from a fucking major surgery uh, for playoffs? Like, I still feel like this team had, like, a fantastic year. I mean, would, like, would you... Would your opinion of them be any different going into playoffs if they won this? Like, I still would feel like they would be in the same realm as they are now. We all know that they're a team capable of winning.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I mean... Especially... Sorry, go on.
1: I would would just say, had they won this, it would have been absurd. So, like, the stocks would be through the fucking roof, you know? Like, people would be losing their goddamn minds if they'd won this. But I think it's quite reasonable to expect that they didn't, you know? Yeah. Yeah and when i was watching them play i think the i think the style that they played and the variety of comps that they felt comfortable on was a bigger stumbling block than not having pelican available personally
0: yeah yeah, yeah i'd agree with that as well i think getting third below chain- and Gladiators, you still have to be very happy about that as an atlanta player it's like matt said like you you came here you did your job you secure the playoff spot, you don't have to go through play-ins, which I think is like a major pro for these oh, teams. Yeah. And something you have to be really happy about. Um, and knowing as well that Pelican, you know, coming up a surgery, it's it's tough to deal with that. And I think even though like that was a big mental block, I can imagine as well. Like I said this on broadcast, if if you're an Atlanta Rain player, and you know this is the case, and then you're like, oh, we got to sub out Pelican because he has 240 ping, and people are like upset about it. Sure, it's just yeah, like yeah. one of those things that drags the team yeah. down, you know? Because you're like, what if? Um, it's like, this sucks. Um, can't believe we have to deal with this. And it just sets a bad mood in the team. But getting third-year, I don't think, even if Pelican played his best, I don't think, maybe they could have beaten Chengdu somehow. Like, I'm not going to count it up because Chengdu, they looked a bit weak at some points. But I think Lattery's was the better NA team between the two of them. Um, so I, I think you just have to be very happy with what you achieved this stage. You secured playoffs. And keep in mind, without hero pools, I can lose yours back in the pool. I think even though Masa was a great Brigitte this tournament, like... That's Lucio is going to be good wow. for this team knowing how much rush they play. You can put they Kai back on the ash as well, Pelican on the echo. Like, these are good heroes for Atlanta that now unlock going into the playoffs, and you're already playing at a really high level. So, I, I think Atlanta is a super scary team going into playoffs now.
2: I mean, it's not like they fucking replaced Pelican, uh, you know, with Bren. I mean, Edison <laughs> oh, was okay. like, I mean, Edison well, like, uh, last year, right when Edison came in, like, he was like one of the more, like, highly haunted players in that offseason. Like people were so excited about him. His tracer stats were like fucking crazy last year. It's not like they just replaced him by like some dude off the fucking corner. Like <laughs> I mean this is, you know what uh, this say is man, saying like I say my fucking sick. face. Yeah, yeah. They it's not what like they mean? fucking replaced Pelican <laughs> with you. <laughs> look at this. The only time you the only time you appear lost. on this show you take eating. the only time you appear on this show is when you're meeting
0: play some pelican on Bram.
2: What are you eating? Is that an avocado sandwich?
1: Yeah, it's an avocado it's and cream though. cheese bagel, mate. Oh yeah, it's an everything bagel, I can tell.
2: Yeah, but you know, Bren moves to Austin and becomes bougie, you know. With all these... <laughs> the yeah. bougie bagel, cream cheese bagel. He gets out of a uh, you know, people like leave where they came from and you know change, right? You know, Brent leaving have really changed him.
1: Glockster. <laughs> that... <laughs> Jesus Christ. I, I mean, how many maps did Atlanta Reign win at the, uh, at the tournament? Was three? it one? No, wait, sorry. Yeah, of course it was three, because they beat um, Seoul. And then after that, what did they have afterwards? No, this, these are our pick-ems.
2: <laughs> Well are. No, uh, oh, there's the yeah, scores, yeah, right.
1: Sorry, I was looking <laughs> at the ones that we'd filled in. Right, right, right. So, but then they got 3-0, 3-0 to get knocked out, right, by Chengdu and Gladiators? Yeah, uh-huh. okay. Um, I... I hear where you guys are coming from, with Atlanta being a scary team in the postseason, and I think they are, and they've earned their spot, and they've done incredibly well. I don't see them as a team that can win the entire championship. I don't know whether that's uh, unfair to them after such an excellent season that they've had, but I struggle to think of a meta where they're better than Dallas and better than other people at the same time, and like Shanghai and everything in between. They... They have some stuff that they're really excellent at. The Arissa comps where, where they play the slow pace stuff, they're really good once you put the, um, slow the game down a bit, put the emphasis in Kai and uh, Edison or Pelican's hands. And they seem to be pretty damn good at rush comps as well. But there's a lot of Western teams that are very good at rush comps. And Arissa's slow pace stuff doesn't... It's never been the dominant meta this year, and I don't really see why it would be in the postseason... So to me, they're not really one of the teams that I'm looking at to, like, explode. I feel like the ceiling for Atlanta, there are certain comps that they just don't seem comfortable with, and that seems to limit their, their potential when I think about them going to actually win a championship at the end of the year. I reckon they could make it super deep, but I feel like there's still something missing there that I'm not sure they can get in time. Is that yeah. just my, is that me being unfair, do no. you think?
0: No, I don't think so. I I, and I think most people would agree that Atlanta. We don't view them as like a potential league winner, but we I recognize them as like a top team. You know, if they're like top six in the world, maybe like top five, top four with Shanghai Dragons, Dallas Fuel, and Lake Ladders now, Chengdu, Chengdu yeah. and I mean, yeah, at, and the, then, then at, yeah, and then Atlanta, Atlanta yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I would i'm kind of like i'm just leaving the door open you know i'm not saying that they're going to win i'm just leaving the door open maybe there's a small balance balance patch as we've seen earlier past years you know going into playoffs uh no just a small shift could be a big difference maker for a team like this as well um they're they're in a pretty good form right now um i think some of their players are playing their best awards of the season um they've shown some versatility in this meta compared to early on when i think they were very one dimensional to start the season cool. um, yeah so i'm just like leaving the door open they don't have to play overwatch league for a month now so like they can ride this high momentum go back to practice iron out the details check like la gladiators words like hey how does la gladiators and shock play orisa compositions differently from us what are some small things we can implement in our game uh, individual players can improve. I just think that they're like one of the teams who are there. Like, I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to dismiss them. I, I think they're a great team, um, and I think they could improve even more.
2: I don't think the issue is their, Reese or their Ryan comps. It's the ability to play stuff like the ball and play like Winston-based compositions that I feel like uh, it doesn't hold them back at times, but it makes them a a little bit easier of a read. Like where the, I think Atlanta, like they hit their highs on some of the comps uh like it's almost like where well, i think the gladiators like i don't think the gladiators are the best at any comp but they're very good at all of the different things they can play everything at a at a pretty high level where atlanta plays those select few comps so good that if it veers out of that uh maybe it's a little bit scary for them but if uh the meta kind of like you know still goes around like maybe like a rush or risa based compositions right pelican sick on the echo. And what they need a a good bracket and a balance patch, and they're they're a team that could definitely make like a final, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah. Now that you s- say that as well, I suppose with Sigma being added back into the hero pool and people yeah. already playing a bunch of Arissa, there is a potential for some double shield stuff to come back, yep. and that lands to look really scary. So I, yeah. I think yeah, that that could be a path in actually that I hadn't quite considered.
0: And, and I, I even though like we've hit a lot so far this podcast about like versatility and how great it is to be able to flex to all these different comps, I think. It's such an obvious, like, advantage to be able to flex onto these different compositions and always, like, counter-comp your opponent. But for some of these teams, like Chengdu with the Wrecking Ball comp, or Atlanta playing, like, Double Shield, or even, like, Orisa Diva with Kai playing HitScan, their their peak level on those compositions is so good that it's very hard to counter someone who, like, are so good at their game. So, like... You can't practice, really. Like, you can practice against other Orisa teams. You can practice against other ball teams. But Chengdu and Atlanta specifically, they're so good at what they do that it's very hard to come prepared for those matches. And I really believe that Atlanta Rain could be one of those teams that specialize uh, in what they do best. And they're so hard to prepare for. And you get into that live match and you're just like, how do we get to Kai? Like, yeah, we, yeah. we can't get the... Card. You know, um, I, I
1: really so. thought that that would be a major defining factor at the Countdown Cup. And I was so impressed with the Gladiators, actually, that they managed to be able to beat Atlanta and Chengdu running their really strong stuff. Because you've got to expect coming into the tournament, Chengdu are the best ball team. And you've got to expect. Honestly, I think that Atlanta were the best Arissa-based team. The Arissa Diva comps. Yeah. No one else had been performing them at the same level. I I thought as Atlanta Reign, Gladiators matched them multiple times in that that match that they had, and they beat them handedly. Like they they were matching them on Arissa uh, Diva comps, and they were crushing Atlanta, just playing with so much extra pace and uh, explosiveness, and That's having Zen some Bath really nice balance. Very cool. Bap was yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Uh, and just the the understanding of when they could run the ZenBAP backline and when, like, we, we saw Kevster playing a ton of Tracer, and that really stops your opponents running ZenBAP as well. You're, you're almost, if you ask, if you run ZenBAP, I feel like you're asking the question of the other team, what can you do to threaten us? You know, if you don't have anything, we're just going to sit here and be super safe and output huge amounts of value from the backline. And so you're kind of yeah. asking your opponents the question like, do you have a Tracer player that can contest us? Do you have some like weird Genji pick? Are you gonna try and dive us? Like, bring it the fuck on. And, and yeah. a lot of the time, Gladiators were not punished enough for trying to run that, I think.
0: Yeah, I mean, even Chengdu struggled against that, right? Like they pulled out the yeah. um the Jinmu Genji. Yeah, uh, they which, ran Tracer you know, Genji
1: ball to try and deal with it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Which I, I think was a kind of cool pick, uh, you know, uh, especially given the hero bans, like, there's no echo in the pool. So I thought that was quite inventive. I am worried, though, now when we just had this Atlanta Rain conversation... Uh, sorry, I'll, we'll talk about Chang doing Gladius, too, uh, <laughs> but just, like, um, how Atlanta are going to move on from that. Because they essentially got counter-comped in their own Risa comps. And now they're like, well, we can't match Sen uh, Bap with uh, Massa paying flex like Gladius can, so... Uh, one one thing for them to figure out, cool. uh, but yeah, I mean the gladiators were so impressive all tournament. Uh, I, lo- I lost my train of thought. I don't know where I'm going. Yeah, no, how? the Zen
2: the Zen BAP stuff was a real difference maker and something I kind of talked about when we were casting it is like there's not many teams who can run that. Uh, what the shock can right uh, with Twilight and uh, Violet. Yeah, uh, obviously the gladiators can. Like how many other teams have the Flex supports capable of being able to do that. I mean in theory, yeah, I mean, Dallas uh, could
1: accept I don't know that they'd want to run like a fielder it. at the same time. Oh, yeah, right, yeah you, yeah. yeah. you know, they don't wanna I, I wouldn't imagine they want to run double flex support, but in theory they do have that on the, on the, on <laughs> well, the While
0: we're on the topic, <laughs> I I I uh I don't know if you guys saw this, but uh we were having fun on broadcast on the on the show and I put Costa on the spot. Because <laughs> I'm just trying to be cheeky and I was like, yo. Gladiators had the second best support lineup in the I saw that, now.
1: actually. I saw that. but <laughs> he shit himself <laughs> was, having to answer. He was like, whoa, yeah. whoa, 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 whoa. That's too hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: But <laughs> he, he had a good answer. He was like, well, you can't underrate Philly, you know, with Funny Astro and Alarm, which, oh, yeah. you no, know, I can agree with. But you can't underrate the flexibility that Shoe and Skewed has. And Skewed being such sort a of fantastic brig as well to go with that. Um, obviously, I don't know if they could play Skewed on the. Lucio like Moth, <laughs> even the Mercy, but it, like the it's a very sick backline. They did, yeah. yeah, but I mean... He it's... does play some Mercy. But but also,
1: I mean, if we want to talk about crazy backlines, Philly is the preeminent one that could immediately just play Bap, Zen, and start dominating, because yeah, yeah. Astro's perfectly happy picking that up. Yeah. To, to me, yeah. the Gladiators-Chungdu game was so interesting, though. Like The the first one that they had, that 3-2 win that went the way of Gladiators, because you start out with Chengdu being able to win on, on control, And to me, when I was watching that game, (laughs) I actually I've been trying to fix my sleep schedule so that I wake up at 9 a.m. every day. So normally I wake up at the fucking midday or something and I just wasted half of the day. And so I've been trying to fix my sleep schedule but I tried to adjust it at the exact wrong time because it's as we started shifting our work schedule to Hawaii time. And so I I woke up at 9am was watching these games Matt and Mitch casting these games and I fell asleep halfway through. I just fucking I zonked out halfway through the games not because it was a bad game it was a fun game I just had to catch up on the VOD the next day because I'd I'd fucked myself up. So I was like watching the VOD scrolling back through, and I felt like Leave had an insane performance in those first two maps, arguably first three maps, and then, and almost no one else on Chengdu were doing anything for those first two maps, oh. and then they started to get back into it, and then Leave started to oh. not have as much of a carry performance like the later you got into this series. <laughs> Fucking shots he was hitting on
2: Hanzo on the first map just yeah. so stupid like, like the Cameron reaction Birdring. when he hit bird ring with it when he was sombra and yeah. he just like turns and just dings him in the head yeah i that, think what, that was barbaric the the second half of the series really felt like it was dominated by Kebster, uh yeah and uh leave wasn't really getting a lot of value out of the sombra which uh he he can play sombra you know, statistically, Jinmu is the better one, but clearly they feel like having Jinmu on the Farah like, the big kind of image source. I would have loved mm-hmm. to see them put Leave more on the Tracer to try and combat Kevster a little bit. Like, yeah, they
1: barely played any in this series. That was a big adjustment they made for the finals, but in this series, Leave played
2: a very tiny very amounts little. of Tracer. Well, it, it, when he was playing the Tracer against Kevster, he was... He was doing very well, like uh, even in the finals. I remember a few times where he would just like one clip him, just chase him down, hunt him down, being able to take him out, which helps yeah. their backline a little bit. But... I think
1: I think one of the reasons why they might not want to do that particularly as well is when you're running Farah, uh, you don't have the Harmony Orb, you don't have armor packs to be able to help yeah. leave. So I could imagine from his point of view when he's dueling Kevster, it feels like a huge uphill battle for him <laughs> trying to fight against a guy who either yeah. has permanent Harmony on him. Or he's getting, like, flung armor packs from Massa... Uh, or skewed... Uh, sorry, skewed constantly. Um, I-, I can imagine why Leave might not want to t- try and take that head-to-head matchup. But it did look... It looked good when he tried it. Also, yeah. what a fucking play from Space here. What an absolute legend. Oh, yeah. I King mean, this alive. was fucking... That was elite. <laughs> space is so good. Space is so fun to watch this year as well. Because he's
2: playing so much... So aggressively and still getting huge value. These teams are so fun to watch play. Just because, yeah. like, they they play so many different things. Like, you would see the counters and everything kind of play out, like, live. And just the the level of play between them was just pretty fucking sick. Yeah,
0: I talked about this in one of the game breaks, too. But it was the finals matchup. But you could see it even in this first one. Uh, just, like, how dominant they were showcasing their styles on different maps. That obviously favored, uh, you know, different teams depending on the map. But for example, on Control, like Chengdu would just come out and just, who won the gladiators? Assault was gladiators, better game mode, that's where they were able to play the Winston Ana composition. Shu had some insane sleep dars that just like, won them Temple of Anubis twice over almost. Yeah, Um, he did.
1: Those were crazy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, Then we had King's Row, which uh, is Chengdu's best um, hybrid map, I'd like to believe. But the, after this matchup, Gliders were like, well, our King's Row is actually better. Like, we can play the use the composition yeah. with our Babsen, And that's a strength of ours. Um, then we went to Route Six initially. That's when they full held, right? And yes. so you could see them going yeah. back and forth with, like, different styles and different compositions and figuring themselves out. And it was so sick because those adjustments carried into the finals matchup as well. That's, like, why we yes. didn't see and... King's Row being picked by the Chengdu in the finals. Uh, we saw Numbani instead. Um, and I can't wait to talk about the finals too but I agree with Matt like it was such a fun match because both teams obviously had different strategies planned for different maps and they like figured out which one was better and their strengths like throughout the matchup it really felt like well before Pete we go what is the meme but. <laughs> yeah yeah
1: it's so fun watching high tempo teams play as well i just feel yeah. like it's, it's very fun to see you've got more potential for mistakes if you play fast but if they minimize mistakes and it's all good shit it just feels gorgeous to watch before we talk about the final though i do want to talk for a moment just about that final map of the first game that they played the one on oasis yeah. Uh, Where leave was playing sombra, he'd played sombra on route 66, and I felt like watching him play sombra on route. He had that one bad EMP that was really bad, but then he had another good EMP, and his neutral game was pretty good. And it's like, all right, maybe that's just a one-off. And at this point, remember, I'm watching a vod, so I've seen my Twitter feed blow up about leave sombra being dog shit, and like, I'm watching route 66, and I'm like, this isn't too bad. People are overblowing it. It was only one one EMP. "Eh." Yeah, no? and then it comes into this one, and I'm like, "Holy fuck!" They weren't exaggerating. This was off the fucking rails. So, do, do yeah. you?
0: But you you tweeted out, right? You you this no, uh, neutral game.
1: The neutral game was was pretty good. Yeah, but you can't really play this comp if you're whiffing every EMP, and it was <laughs> yeah. literally every EMP was whiffed. <laughs> yeah. That's 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 crazy. And, it, okay, it was only one map in the series, but it was the final map. Chengdu are normally better at control anyway. So coming into this map, I was anticipating, oh, yeah, Chengdu are going to win this. Like, Chengdu should win this. They should have won this. <laughs> they, I felt like it wasn't just leave, but the whole team looked like they were crumbling. Uh, they, yeah. This looked like a bit of a a bit of a choke from the Hunters.
2: Yeah, a little, little, little uh, maybe too much pressure here, I think, uh, for the Hunters, really kind of like their first opportunity at something like this. I mean same for the gladiators, but at least some of the players on the team have uh that high level experience, but yeah, it when when we were casting this, I actually going into the map like with how good Chung played on route, I was like, man, this is this is like a kind of vintage gladiators right Ugh. where they're so close and they they're, they're going to beef it. Uh, and, and the only thing that just it's a br- well it's so brutal. Like, I mean, there's so many EMPs that just go for nothing. And i guess like the brutal part for me is like knowing how good leave is on some of the other heroes that he possibly could have played
1: here sure it's like why aren't you camera.
2: playing the tracer right like right if he's playing the tracer with the ball right uh and putting pressure i mean imagine the. I mean, the- it's
0: hard again this comp right you're playing against mccree tracer and yeah. But- yeah absolutely
2: i mean but when you're not getting anything with your emps i mean you may as well just have Something else out there, and that's the thing. I mean, it's
1: not—it's not like the EMP is some random alt in the middle of this team comp. It's actually crazy important for being able to. But but even here, man, they're in a six v four scenario, right? And they're already fifty percent ahead. Yeah, and
0: clutches it up for this fight, I think.
1: Yeah, Kevster was
0: like Q-clutch three. Kevster was just Kev's
1: nasty good. Uh, I felt uh, like Gaga was getting punished a huge amount, not just in this game but in the tournament overall, actually too.
0: Um, yeah, Costa covered it. Apparently, uh, Gag a feeder now. He has like six and a half deaths per 10 minutes or something. Yeah, he really has Twice been. Twice of mag. Yeah, he I... really has been getting
2: <laughs> Twice of mag! Jesus.
0: <laughs> um, no, but but, I, but I, I'll actually... Uh, you know, if they hadn't whiffed the EMPs here, I do think this map was Chain Deuce for the taking, and Gladiators, like, full credit for winning this map. But if Leave hits a couple of EMPs on this round... I do think that they probably win it. They oh. win this round, and then university. I mean, gladiators are like hundred to zeroed, but again, you with the MPs. I don't think they win that. But if you go against gladiators with this comp on City Center, I, I'd I'd predict Chengdu winning City Center. Um, it's City Center, right?
2: Yeah. Uh, which yeah. one? I yeah. City Center.
0: Yeah. Oh my god.
2: Uh, yeah, uh, they got
1: hundred zeroed on away uh, on university. was uh, was yeah, so
2: yeah. fucking good. The whole he was week. yeah he was. Like, like, people were just, like, I feel like it was a, everyone was just waiting, like, for Kevster to kind of, like, show, like, why all this hype and everything. And, I mean, he's been fantastic. But, like, this weekend, though, like, he was dominant. Dude, uh, my
1: brain melted watching Kevster, so I thought he was a rookie. I, tweet, I tweeted <laughs> out some, I tweeted out, and I was like, dude, how have I never thought about Kevster being Rookie of the Year this year? And then... And then fucking second year, I just was immediately people were like, bro, he's not a rookie. And I'm like, oh, fuck. It's well, a he never made moment.
2: it to uh, he never made it to N.A. Last and year.
1: that's what yeah, confused yeah. me is that he only turned up to L.A. this year and he got signed like halfway through the 2020 season or something. Right. He wasn't yeah. there at the beginning when they were doing homestands and stuff. So I got, I got my wires crossed
2: and I was like, Dude, this guy's been fucking dominating ever since he turned up. <laughs> Could you imagine if he was playing this good and he wasn't up for Rookie of the Year? They would just have to get rid of whoever the fuck is in charge of the nominations. Like...
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean... Would you say that a Kevster was the tournament MVP then? Because I tweeted that out and people are like, well, Shu, you know, like you made that play against the Shock and Shu, the final window... I mean, it wasn't window. just that play though, right?
1: It was also the crazy sleep darts that he had to be able to win yeah, Anubis true. or Chung Chengdu yep. and like... And, and just this incredible consistency from the back line. I'm, I'm torn between the two of them, honestly. I, I think mm-hmm. it's not as obviously Shu as some people will point out on the basis of that clutch, but I, d- I think it's very tough to call between the two of them, because they both had an amazing tournament for glides.
2: Yeah, I mean, they were just both... Uh, Shu definitely showed why he, like he's in the MVP conversation, right? Uh, with, how, with how good he was. Yeah. And then I think Kevster just being able to play the tracer it's such like a high level just a, a dominant level uh being really kind of showed like his worth is as a player i also think uh seeing players like kevster i i saw who was on twitter uh and and i completely forgot who was but they're just like can we stop using like flex and hit scan dps like, oh, like uh, that um, was funny Astro. yeah where like you look at a player like kevster and you totally get that like the game has moved so far it past really being has, able yeah. to just play one thing. Like we'll get players like Kepser, uh, you know, Shockwave, even like Prophet, right? Like these yeah. I mean Kempster I mean, fucking like well. one yeah, yeah, leave. I mean Kempster in one round goes like he play fucking widowmaker Farah, Genji, then play like the best tracer in the lobby. Like it's absolutely like absurd. These like, are
0: also the best players in the world. Keep in mind. Okay, not everyone yeah. can be the best players in but, the world. But, <laughs> but uh, yes, a lot right, but that's tournament. where I
2: think it's got That's where it's going, though, I feel A lot of our
0: terminology in Overwatch does suck,
1: though, as well. Like, flex support does not flex any more than a main support. I mean, they're just (laughs) archaic terms. Kurt, I have a request, though. Please could you scroll back to the beginning of that map that you just showcased on Anubis? Because... When, I'm, when I was cast in the finals, right, and I'd been looking at the VOD of Chengdu playing against Gladiators before, I was like, okay, on Anubis, what I identified as a big issue for the Chengdu Hunters was that they were playing an Orisa-based defense on checkpoint B um, on Anubis before. And they got rolled over because you can't play aggressively with Gaga playing Orisa. It, it just doesn't work. And so when I watched Chengdu play against Seoul, for example, they ran super aggressive defenses. They looked really good doing it. Gaga's on Winston. They have all of this space, and they're getting Leave and Jinmu really deep in there. Looked awesome. So I thought, okay, Chengdu have learned from their prior game. They're coming out. They're playing Winston, Anna. We're going to see both teams really going head-to-head, and we're going to see how Gaga combos would leave. They take a look at it, and they go ball comps ball's end to attack on Anubis. I was losing my fucking mind. Jonathan, what, what did you and Custer think when you were watching this game as well? Did you also think this was a throw pick, or is there some deeper level that I just didn't get as to why they tried this?
0: Um, I, I think if, if you're trying to play that stuff, you're worried about being outpaced by the Tracer and the Sombra, because those characters are so mobile that um I again's just gonna have a hard fucking time. Uh that being said, I mean it's so much about ultimate rotations um on Anubis, and that's why we saw Gladders be so successful at it playing offense, because they would snowball with that nanoblade yeah. and the EMP, right? And that really works for Anubis. I think Chengdu Hunters, I, I just think Assault is not their strong, strongest map type. And I think uh they got carried away here, like b- trying to counter comp um in a finals matchup. Um and just saying, like, hey, we're going to win on individual skill and just take the head-to-head. When I think that, it, it, I I don't think Assault is the map type to really do that on. Like, it works with, like, Echo and stuff, right? Because Echo is so mobile that, like, you can can dive, you can burn up tanks, you can go for the backline. But it's so hard for Gaga uh, to really get space here.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, he's going in, he's trying to slam as Gladiators do these soft dives. Muse went weak, but just got saved by Shu with a Nano boost because you get Nano so quickly in that comp. And now, uh, and then Chengdu had, like, one good fight where they have double support ultimate and EMP, and, but that's their only chance of being able to win. <laughs> yeah. And it just feels like this... The, I feel like there's a really big reason why people don't run this comp. It's so fragile against a Winston-Anna when your backline's trying to get into position. And, I mean, how do you like Jinmu pops his EMP here after Monk has already died and that's it. That's done. You just wasted EMP Rally but Zen was already dead and you've lost the yeah, entire I mean, map.
0: The yeah. win condition here for the Winston, right? It's just like because y- you're, you're playing a Winston so you're pretty limited in your movement. Like you can only leap once, right? And you gotta decide am I leaping in or am I leaping out? Um, but on Temple of Anubis like the spacing is so good for a Winston here. Like it's a fantastic Winston map. It is, yeah. So... They're, they're always going to be in a position where they can uh, pull off a favorable dive. This retake was sick, by the way. Uh, it was, yeah. She uh, with another I think nano. Monk is in a really bad position here with his trance and he gets jumped on, I think. He does get the trance out, does he? Yeah. yeah but yeah. like you force that trance early, um, you stall out this point and suddenly, like you've regained all your positioning here uh, and you're playing a neutral fight because of Chengdu's comp. Like yeah. What are Chengdu going to do? They don't have an EMP, they're just playing the neutral fight yeah. and Gladders have a wisdom comp. Like... <laughs> It's just done. There's no ultimates. Yeah. It's yeah. football or Investor.
1: No, it's, it's... I was... When I watched the finals, Gladiators were obviously a fantastic team, but... Part of me thinks that Chengdu tossed this game away. Like, mm. I, I feel like Chengdu had... They don't have opportunities to... They're not... Let's put it this way. They're not favored to win on Anubis, even if they play meta But they're more favored than getting fucking locked out. Right? So they have... They have Some level of uh, play that they could have brought here. And then also, I can understand why you would want to reinvent the wheel when it goes to Route 66. Because you think that Gladiators have got a decent read on how you like to play the map. So you sub in Eamon, Farway, that kind of thing. And that map was close as well. But I can't get the, like, what if out of my head of you won on it previously. You're clearly the better team on that map. If you play the same stuff, you're still going to be favored. It might be closer, but you're still going to be favored. Whereas they threw in Farway and Eamon and kind of messed with the, the pot. And the game yeah. still ended up so close when Chengdu just hard tossed an Ubis and made these other, like the Numbani pick. And then this, like,
2: I, when I was casting the game, it Wider felt like they, the
1: they sunk themselves into a 1 3 hole of their own making.
2: I thought you guys were fucking memeing. I was listening on my phone, walking down the street, going to get empanadas. I heard Josh start talking about fucking aiming and far away. And I was like, what the fuck is he talking about? And pulled it up on YouTube. I started seeing all these subs. I was like, so confused. I was like, wait, didn't they win this map the other day? I was like, oh.
1: yeah, I feel like you make changes like that on a map that didn't didn't they do you.
2: this. In a previous tournament, we saw this from Chengdu, where they made these. Uh, they did it in
0: the regular season, but I don't think I've seen them do it in a. In a why night. do I
2: feel like we saw them play in in one of these like stages, and they did the same type of thing where they like lost like a game or two, and they subbed in aiming? It might and, have happened. It might have happened for the May Melee.
1: I don't think it happened yeah. for the Summer Showdown, but I could be wrong with that. Um, the, it it was statistically successful in the regular season. Uh, Farway has been subbed in for like six maps. No, nine maps maybe. Something like that. How many of those were against the Valiant? I, I don't know. but Oh! Did they sub like, in oh, Amon against
0: Shanghai on Nepal?
1: He the definitely did map? play on Nepal. I can't remember when yeah. it was
0: against Shanghai. Right. Oh, yeah,
1: it was in but, the last finals. But Eamon has a slightly higher win percentage than Gaga. Farway has like a significantly higher win percentage but he comes in less often. So They have been successful, relatively so, when... They've done this in the past. Hmm. It just it feels like a large risk to take, especially when you're one, two down in the series. Like you're putting so much pressure on these players to get you even. Um, yeah, I, can't I, I can't wondered what you that. guys thought of this of this subbing strategy for for Root.
2: I mean, they were so good on Root sixty six when they they full held them right uh, yeah. in the uh, like winter final. I I don't really see the point in it. Especially, like, Farway playing the Ana here, like, you're still playing the ball, right? Like how you guys were talking about, like, playing the Ana with a the Winston. Like, oh, they,
1: they went off the charts in terms of the comps
0: they were running. The, this is
2: the one where they were on the goo, right? They were doing some weird shit towards the end.
0: Wasn't Monk supposed to be the superior Ana player? Uh, yeah, I believe far so. Farway yeah. was known for his Senyata. Yeah, I think they were I did that on research playing. going into this season, but I can't remember now.
2: What I'm pretty they sure they were planning the on doing this, Zen man. here. They were playing oh, right. some just like some straight up vintage Chung Do shit at the end. Uh yeah, I, I believe so. But
1: I, I was really impressed at how Muse managed to get away with playing Winston here. I, I think this is like a ball map through and through in the current meta, and it feels like you should get hard punished for playing Winston. Just a Discord Orbion on you, and if the other team is playing Tracer Sombra and they have enough um coordination to pressure you, I feel like you should get melted. I think Yeah, I mean Muse played yeah. well, but he also kind of gets away with the fact that they're playing Sombro Barrera.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I don't, I didn't get these substitutions, man. Like when you, we didn't know, by the way, when we did that cross talk with you guys, and oh, really? you were like, "Hey, they're making, they're making subs, uh, they're changing up the entire roster." And me and customer we were like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> it's like, "What, what is happening?" Ivelta is understandable, you know. We get Ivelta Jimmy back in the is coming um, in, <laughs> but far away. And Amon coming into the lineup, like, I I was so confused because I had talked up Route 66 as well. Um, I was like, yeah, they're down 2-1. They're not out of the series yet, though. We're going guaranteed to Route 66. It's going to be a great map for Chengdu. And then they were like, yeah, they're subbing out their main tank and their flex support. I was like, (laughs) what? (laughs) Um... I, so I think this map, this map is going to be the map that Chengdu Hunters are really going to be kicking themselves with. Yeah. Um. And I, I do believe they should have, especially playing this comp as well, like, as you said, you should be able to punish Muse. Um, e- even if you get the car to here, like the Winston pick is kind of good here because you have so much control being able to jump to the cave entrance and then get back around the corner. Um. So it's too late to uh, uh, try to counter the Winston here. You want to do that on point A or early point B, but yeah, now it's yeah. like... Gladiator's got momentum. This stall though was pretty sick, I remember it. was good, do, right? Yeah. This this was good. Or oh, was it the other way around? Was it gladiator stall on their defense? No, I think Chengdu, Chengdu held here like for a while.
1: Chung eventually managed to clean this up and and it looked like it was going the way of Glad's. And I yeah. uh, But th- this was where Chengdu changed their comp as well. They're running Tracer Sombra. They're running yeah. the Zen and the Brig. They're running like what you would have expected them to run at the beginning of this map. And they <laughs> weren't. That's what confused me as well. Is it's not just the picks, it's also the like the, the strategy that they had leaning into it was so drastically different from what they'd won with um, that it confused the crap out of me. And again, and made me think like so- Chengdu went down 1-3 and at that point I was like, Chengdu's coaches are throwing this game right now. <laughs> that's what, that's yeah. the impression I got. But they clawed <laughs> it back and they played some great Overwatch towards the end and much more standard stuff too. So I don't think you can be mad overall as a Chengdu fan, but there were some questionable decisions early in the series.
2: I mean, they won so convincingly on this map to the first series. Like, why even feel the need to change anything? Like, clearly, like, they were not... That's a lot of respect to give
1: to Gladiators, isn't it? That, right. you know, you're, you're anticipating that they've already come up with a solution and you're preemptively changing stuff. That's, like, crazy respect to give to the Gladiators coaches.
0: Yeah, even, yeah. even, even so, like, I, I, I think if you're Chengdu, you're just like, okay. Yeah, I, so, I, I, yeah. crazy respect to give. And especially with, like, two days preparation or whatever, yeah, gladiators could have improved. They could have done things differently. They could have scouted out what Chengdu did already. But if I'm Chengdu, I'm, like, confident in what I'm doing. I'm like, okay, like, they're they're probably going to be able to cap point A this time around, but, like, we're great on this map adding sure, right. we'll give them yeah. A this time but we'll still yeah, hold exactly them
2: <laughs> uh at least go into the game and, and see if they can actually if they actually have changed anything up and improved and then you know come up with you know have some strategies that you want to fall back on after that like
0: yeah but yeah. like I said like I'd love to know why they made the substitutions if they did it because of like uh you know far away or among they have different play styles then so be it you know they had tried to have a read on how gladiators are playing from watching them and playing them themselves. Like okay, fair enough. I I think it was the wrong call, but I I I can't go out and here and say that like it was definitively the wrong call. Like the coaching yeah. was wrong. I can't say that they are wrong in making this player change because if they did it because of a good reason, then
1: yeah. And they know, have so said in the past weird. that they like to sub in Eamon and Farway when they're going for a much more aggressive approach because Amon yeah. likes to get stuck in with everything and like try and finish off kills, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. <laughs> but this was a crazy series because I I I was planning to go out after this game you know it's the final day of the regular season it's the end of the countdown cup it's a saturday as well i'm like i'm gonna hit the fucking town after this and so i'm already you know this gets to 3-1 i'm already texting people like bro i'm gonna be wrapped in like 20 minutes this game's over and then, <laughs> and then it absolutely was not over chung doo came back and played some fantastic overwatch and pushed us all the way to a game seven
2: Oh no, it was the Havana where they started to play some Chung shit at the end. although they were playing Winston they were playing fucking Widow Genji. <laughs> they, with a Rissa ball. They had a Rissa ball, I think, at yeah, one Yeah, they did.
1: It was um, wild.
2: I mean that was the final map.
1: That was, that was final map jitters, I think. Just then they looked very uh very scatterbrained when it came to that final map. But what were the other two? I've forgotten. It was um Maps? Kill maps. King's Row, right? Yeah. yeah. Chengdu managed yeah. To, to bring it back again, like flipping the pick there of King's Row.
0: Yeah. King's Row, I think was my favorite map between these two teams. The first time around it was like a really close King's Row. And then in the finals, I was like telling Costa, I was like, please, let them pick King's Row. I want to see it again. Um, I think Chengdu made some mild adaptations. I think Monk played Ana instead of Bap. I think Monk played Bap on King's Row in the first round. Hmm. Um, yeah, I think you're right. And Leaf was playing Sombra as well, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. but... um, Yeah, uh, what happened here? Didn't Leaf pop off on like Hunts or something on attack? Like, Honestly, uh, I can't remember. Yeah, so It's a fever dream. It's a fever yeah. dream.
1: I can't remember what occurred in this map, actually. My, um, my oh yeah, know. Leaf's
0: Pulse Bomb Stick onto Skewed was like the winning thing uh, to close out this map as well. Because uh, Glarus was trying to cap out point C, in um, the last fight Lee comes in with like a huge pull swamp right when Skewed pops the rally um, yeah. and secures this map. Um, but yeah, the, the, these King's Rose maps were so much fun to watch, really.
1: Yeah, they were very even here, which is why, I, you know, even though
0: I feel like. Um... Oh, this is so funny, by the way, when Mews hunts down leave here. <laughs> this is Bantz. Oh, legion, yeah, yeah. he's no clue. Let's say it's Bantz. Also, good map for Winston again, right? Yeah. So, Muse played to the air, of so Winston.
1: Way. He really mm-hmm. did get massive value out of playing the Winston, which is a return back to early on in the season. Uh, so far, we've been seeing Fate with his more defensive style of Winston compared to Gaga and compared to Eamon be able to shut down Winston players really heavily. Um where he you know he, he's trying to counter the Winston players and ends up making their lives hell. But but in this <laughs> yeah, tournament it felt so like the Winston was getting here. more value for sure.
2: Bro, I uh this is this has nothing to do with either of these teams really. But like before the season, we were talking about how competitive the league was gonna be this year and like so sometimes you may get let down. Like I feel like when you hear stuff like that. But like I mean Outside the teams that were just fucking dog, right? I mean, the games are fucking sick this year. I mean, we've had some sick fucking games. I mean, yeah, just to lead some of the dog game, you know, the bad games from your memory, right? But, like, uh, we've had some fucking sick battles this year.
0: I mean, we'll probably talk about it later, right? But I think it's overall been a pretty entertaining regular season. Uh, Yeah. It was all online, which is unfortunate. You know, it would have been sick to have more in-person events. But, like, I thought it was storyline-wise a pretty interesting season. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the addition of having Hawaii made
1: all the difference. Um, after Gladiators won this game, right? They wrap it up in that map seven of Havana. Chengdu are playing the Chengdu comps. It's all crazy. Gladiators managed to get it to the end. Huge win for them. Looking towards the postseason for Gladiators, have they proven something to you guys? Have they, have they now showcased a peak that you think, okay. Maybe this team can win a championship. We were talking about it earlier with Atlanta. What's the thoughts
2: when it comes to Gladiators? For me, they have. And I and John, I can already see Johnny's face or he's not sure. But like I I think they for me, I just needed to see them not like crumble in a moment like this. And they almost did, to be fair. Uh you know, Chengdu starts coming out and playing Chengdu at the end. Uh but I think a win like this gives this team a lot of confidence, which I feel like that's the one thing that they were lacking. Like, they're a, a very good, well rounded team. They have, you know, championship experience, right? With Moth, even though he hasn't really played because the Lucio uh, hasn't been played at all during this tournament. I feel like for them, getting this win under their belt is going to give them a ton of confidence going into the playoffs. Where I, I definitely think they can be a team that, I mean, are they the championship favorites? I don't think so but can they be a team in the conversation for the top three? I absolutely think so, with an outside chance of winning it all.
0: So I, I I agree to an extent. I think they definitely proved something here, and I think this is an experience they can definitely build on. Like, now you got past that you know, struggle to be able to win some of these elimination matches. You won a knockout game. You clutched up against the San Francisco Shock. Shu is an amazing clutch player. I think we can say that now, where he's clutched up twice when he, he's really needed to, um, plays real well. I am worried about, even though we talked about their versatility, how great it is that they play many different compositions. I think it was good for them that it was kind of streamlined with the backline. They're like, hey, we're going to play Skewed and Chew all the time. And yes, sometimes Skewed will flex over to Senyara, but that's he's a flex support player, uh, you know, originally. So I don't think that's too much of a big deal for Skewed. But overall, the backline is very consistent with Chew and Skewed. Um, I'm worried like bringing back Lucio to the mix um, Burdering might play some Ash um, Echo some of these heroes I'm I'm worried that it becomes too many variables for the gladiators when they start thinking like hey we need to learn how to play Lucio Rush Uh, when are we going to sub in Moth back into the mix Uh, Right um, now we're going to play Muse on the Wrecking Ball the Orisa comps Um, I I you guys have faith with the gladders? I feel like the hero pool this time around, it kind of streamlined the gladders, what they had to be good at. Um, the meta they, was in their favor. Like this They is did what still they play a large at,
1: range so. of things. They still went to... They they dominated when it came to Orisa comps. They were clearly the best Winston team that we had there as well. And they were able to flex to bulk at picks occasionally too. This was a relatively diverse meta for them. They didn't yeah. have to sub in a different flex support, which is going to make a big difference. But the rest
0: of the normal comms, I guess Rush... Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying they can't do it. I'm not saying they can't play Rush with Lucio. So I I want to turn this segment into Josh and Matt. Please tell me how my irrational fear that they can't flex is wrong. And like set my head straight they can't
2: flex i mean i thought they were the one team that we saw this weekend that was able to flex to just about everything exactly so
0: why am i worried about the
1: gladiators in the playoffs here's why i'm worried here's why i'm worried and maybe it's similar is that gladiators have clearly shown a peak that's crazy the actual peak performance of gladiators is nuts like it, it is championship caliber they could in theory win but over the course of the season, they haven't shown the same level of consistency across different metas that a team like a Dallas or an Atlanta have within their own region, never mind a Shanghai or something like that. So to me, the like, question of what they'll do when it comes to the playoffs is, do you want to rely on what they've showcased recently or what they've done yeah. all year? Because what they've done all year hasn't been good enough. There have been small glimpses of it. It hasn't been bad, though. No, but it hasn't I been mean, good enough to win a championship, Matt. No, it's not. But, but what they're doing right now is... So, to me, it's a question of, is this just a hot streak? Is this just their current form? Or are they going to be able to replicate this over the course of any meta that the playoffs throws towards them? A team like Atlanta, if we want to make the direct comparison, I'm really confident that Atlanta can take a bunch of stuff in the postseason and find something that will get them deep. Like minimum placement is going to be really deep for Atlanta. Gladiators, I think they could f- finish with a bit of a disappointment, or they could go... Literally all the way. I think there's a small yeah. chance that they could win the tournament, win the entire uh, year. But I think the, the variation is much larger for them compared to Atlanta because I've seen it happen with Atlanta. They are always able to make deep placements. They just can't... They just, their peak doesn't look as crazy as Gladiators does. That's, that, to me, is the difference between those two teams and why you might favor Gladiators more for a championship, but you might actually place them at a lower average placing as well. If you had to bet where they, where they would finish, you might say, oh, well, you know, it's more likely to be more likely to be, like, fifth or, on the balance of between first and tenth.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to think over some of their compositions as well. Um,
2: I don't know. I feel like they're peaking at the right time. And I...
0: They are. Like, th- yeah, they are. They're definitely playing some great Overwatch. Um... Yeah, I I need to get past this mental barrier. Maybe it's because like they they made like a lot of changes, but they're not massive changes like this meta. Never mind. So I, like, I, I need to figure this out, gentlemen. I okay. need to stop yeah, disrespecting like, the LA ladders after winning a stage. Yeah, I mean and I think what... it's fair, right? They haven't been. Uh, so let's see there was Uh, not a lot of variation I feel like with their swaps even though they played a lot of different stuff like they they didn't make broad sweeping changes did they not am I wrong in assuming that what do you mean by
1: broad sweeping change what do you mean by that because they did play everything from Zen comps to like uh, Mercy Anna comps in terms of their backline they've played Orisa they've played the um, yeah but like Winston around that Space has always been on D.Va. And so that's. They somewhat played a ton of Tracer Sombra stuff.
0: pretty much all the time. I guess they can't. Yeah, they showed the Faro compositions. When they, they played some Pharah, Pharah,
1: um Hanzo at different times as well. Pharah, you know, Kevster was Bird pretty Rings, capable going Hanzo. over to that. Um, yeah. They played. Yeah. I now, mean, Bird Rings played all long range hit scan sure. the Hanzo, the Sombra.
0: The like, gladiators yeah. are flexible and they, they will also... be great come playoffs. I'm they really, really glad we close. had this conversation, gentlemen. I can <laughs> now see it.
2: Obviously, they qualify for this tournament and they make it all the way, but they were super close the two prior. I uh, you know they lose a close series to Dallas 3-1, which Dallas goes on to the finals. Yeah. Uh, and then in the summer showdown, uh, in the summer showdown, they lose to Atlanta in a game five to yeah. qualify.
1: Oh, yeah. No, they uh, they have not been a bad team. Ever since they went like 2-2 two and two in the main melee, they've yeah. been great since then. They've been great. But great in this year is not good enough to be able to get you to stage finals, to win you stage finals, to win a championship. Like, they could they could very reasonably go into the playoffs and, you know, lose a close map five to a Dallas or an Atlanta or any, you know, Chengdu, Shanghai, something like that. Yeah. And it would look a bit disappointing if they end up in like a eighth position. Like, they could literally run into another team that's that good. No, they couldn't end eighth, right? Because they're guaranteed to playoffs or something. But
2: um, you know well, what no, I mean? They, they could. could get
1: knocked they out in an early round in a close match, and it could still be a pretty decent performance. This year is hyper-competitive. They have to bring their fucking A game if they want to get it deep.
2: I think they could end up finishing with the best placement of the NA teams in the overall playoffs. Like, I, 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 think, I think I could see that. that highly of them. Like, where I think Atlanta could run into... Atlanta's been pretty consistent throughout all the comps. I think Dallas is really the wild card, right? Of, like, what happens. Dallas doesn't really want to play the Risa comps. Uh, Do you think Dallas are more volatile than the
1: Gladiators? Because I don't agree with that. I think Gladiators are more likely to have a great or a mediocre. I think Dallas are either going to be great
2: or... They're either
0: going to be... I could see Dallas flopping. Is that a whole
2: thing? I could see dallas having a
1: worse time than the glads i mean i could i think
0: a lot of these teams are coming off like a good streak
1: i don't see dallas flopping dallas haven't flopped all year long they literally haven't they've been at the worst they've been the third place team up until recently when they stopped scrimming i mean or not stopped scrimming but reduced scrim time heavily i think it's pretty recency biased to think dallas are not going to make a very deep run No, I mean, unless we literally see Orisa is the
2: main meta, I'm not counting out Dallas. Well, we talked about how Sigma is coming back in, right? Like double shield, like what would they do in that type of...
1: Yeah, that would be worrying, but we don't know that that's going to be the meta. There's no way of telling at this point. It it doesn't, we haven't had that as being the meta at any point during this year. So I don't really, I don't, I don't see why that would be an assumption to go towards. Uh, If it did happen, though, yeah, I would be worried.
2: There's more of the double, like uh, you know, the the Zen back, right? If that becomes really strong on certain maps, they're in trouble there. Uh, you know, what if Ash becomes strong again? Like, do you think Pine's just gonna come out of nowhere?
1: Yeah, uh, but we've had these concerns all year in terms of there being serious holes in their roster, and they are there are serious holes in their roster, but they've been able to patch it up. Like we're talking about the downward decline of Dallas, but no, don't don't get it wrong, they're still. They're still hands right. down the best team in the West this year. The 2021 season has been theirs yes. in the West.
2: It has. Yep. But I, I don't know. I feel like eventually like doing what they're going to do, like you're going to get got like eventually, okay. like you're going to end up in a spot where you're just not going to be able to get out of it by, you know, how they've kind of gone through the year. Uh, Maybe I'm just completely wrong on that. But... Do you do you think do that do... this?
1: Do you think the countdown cup was the cross section of Dallas downwards and Gladiators upwards? Are they like? Are they meeting? Are they about to cross section? And now it's just what do
0: you, postseason I, in the opposite direction. So you direction? have Dallas over Gladiators if they meet in the playoffs.
1: If I was to place money, uh, well, hmm, if I was to place money on like average placement or something. And yeah. I think Gladiators would be quite a risky pick because I don't know exactly which way they're going to oscillate. Dallas is an easy bet, mate. If I'm betting money on a team to go deep, Dallas, Atlanta, they got my cash. Gladiators uh, is like, I'm expecting good returns to bet on them because they're, they're a great bet to like go super deep, but they
2: could just take your money and run. I, I think right. Atlanta and the, the Gladiators are just as good, if not better than Dallas. Okay. Okay. I, I think, think it's I be think just, power ranking, Slater. Yeah, I think those top three teams in A are way closer now, and cool. and maybe they've been yeah. way closer all year, but the the fuel have just had the fuel magic to kind of get to Hawaii and make make deep runs. But yeah, they definitely got the best playoffs performance out of any of the Western teams. Oh <laughs> yeah,
1: considering. For sure. All right, let's let's move on for a moment though. Let's talk about Chengdu before we talk about some big picture stuff again throughout the league. So Chengdu. They've made three stage finals. That is the most out of any team this year, tied with Atlanta, Dallas, Shanghai. So, all right, Dallas, Shanghai fans, I know your team wasn't trying. They're trolling, whatever, shut up. It's still a draw in terms of most stage finals appearances. Chengdu made two of the finals, one losing to Shanghai and now one losing to the Gladiators. Do you think this was their best opportunity at making it deeper, making something of themselves this year? Are they going to fade into the history books now that they let this slip through their fingers? I mean, this was this, their
2: best chance.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, we're yet to see like, how they'll play next year, right? Uh, you know, Maybe they get more chances next year. Uh, reiterate on this roster, it's a great roster. It's been a great year for them. But with the hero pools, Shanghai and Dallas you know, t- taking you know step of the gas, you kinda of have to feel like Chengdu were the favourites and they, they should have won this one instead of the Gladiators. Um I i I think that, I think there was a Bad beat for Chengdu Hunters. John was I,
2: talking uh, about next year's. He's already eliminated them from the playoffs. I know. That's what I was going to say. Is yeah, that you're already talking knocked
0: them out of the playoffs. But,
2: well, but, it's a I mean, stage
1: title, not championship title. But, oh, okay. well, it, I mean, I agree that it was, I mean, yeah, you're right. It's, uh, it's rough for them. They don't have an opportunity at a stage title, but it doesn't matter if you end up going super deep or winning in the championship. Do you feel like this is the kind of team that could redeem the fact that they weren't able to win in the Countdown Cup with some kind of crazy run? They end up, Beating the gladiators the next time around, like what? What do you think the trajectory of this team
0: is? So, do you? I think. I mean, you talked about average playoff placing. I think yep. I have Chengdu lower than like the gladiators, of course, because they just got yeah. beat. But I would agree. I would agree. I. Oh,
1: I. Oof. I think that we... Chengdu benefited massively Tough. from these hero pulls as well
0: yeah yeah i think Um, getting
1: getting any kind of like rush back into their game is a killer they love trying to play like the three heroes that gaga likes to play the most the ball the winston the erissa
0: i mean late young had a great tournament as well
2: is it odd i feel the (laughs) this is gonna sound really weird
0: (laughs) Uh, the 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 world stood still when
1: he
2: drew that shot there yeah yeah, crazy.
1: Even told um, movement looking like me in the talent takedown, just slowly floating in front of someone's crosshair.
2: Hey, thank God we're not breaking down the talent takedown. Uh, <laughs> there's a, I mean, this episode would be twelve hours. Uh, <laughs> I I feel somewhat similar about Chengdu and Seoul, but I feel better about like Chengdu because I feel like both teams are relying on like their damage dealers to just like fucking pop off and just go crazy. I think I feel better though about the pieces around Leave and Jinmu currently than I do around the Prophet and Fits. So that's why I kinda think chung do has a better chance. But like I I kind of would rank them they are a complete wild card, right? I mean, who the fuck knows? Uh I I would say they're like somewhere in the middle of like you know the the Dallas, Gladiators, Atlanta, Shanghai, uh, type of uh teams where like could I see something like the Chengdu hunters lose to you know one of the teams that qualifies, whether it's like a fusion or somebody like that, absolutely. I could also see them just not do shit like play Arissa ball with fucking Widowmaker and make the finals. Like I'm just playing
0: <laughs> I guess part of what what I'm worried about as well is like how much better can Chengdu realistically become. I mean, um, some of their members could definitely step up. You know, if Jinmu brings out a nasty Sombra, that could be a big difference maker. Sideshow mentioned Gaga's Wrecking Ball earlier, how he dies quite a bit. Maybe you sure up that a little bit. Um, But like, Monk is sick. Leighton had a great tournament. Uveltal is already sick on the brig. Um, Leave, obviously, is like, fantastic. So like, how much could this roster improve as we're seeing, the gladiators play the best Overwatch they played all season. You got Dallas and Shanghai. Um, uh, it's almost like I'm worried, I guess, that Chengdu Hunters are not being figured out. But teams have kind of, you know, gotten the gist of Chengdu, what it means playing them, how to prepare against them. So at this point, I don't think a lot of teams are as scared uh, for Chengdu as they were perhaps at the start of the season when they were so unpredictable in their playstyle. Uh, You say that, and it's like,
2: what? Like all the all their players are, you know, really kind of hitting their peak, and it even just kind of meta-wise, like, what what could possibly be better for Chengdu? Right. That's what I was going to say. Is Uh, if if we're talking about like
1: the theoretical playoff meta shift (laughs) that we often see, you almost couldn't get a better one for Chengdu than this meta right here.
2: Unless they got a fucking unless unless somehow. Jeff Goodman is is huffing the Chengdu juice and just fucking buffs Genji or something like that. Just gives Jinmu just yeah. like a fucking. Genji
1: Tracer? Genji. Yeah. Uh, that, could, that could be crazy, maybe. but I mean, I don't
0: believe we're headed in that direction.
2: I don't. I mean, I would be stunned. If I guess he's just somewhere like that.
0: It's just like if Jinmu gets like an insane Sombra. I think that could like realistically help this team out a lot. And Jinmu's. Sombra, I guess it's okay. It's pretty good. Statistically,
2: yeah. it's it's actually one of the better ones in the league.
1: Yeah. I feel like Sombra's stats are uh, pretty wonky,
2: though. It's one well, of those I mean, stats. Johnny Johnny gave a fucking stat this weekend, let me tell you. Okay, uh, what Trace. was it? Pistol uh, it up time? P- pistol up time on Tracer. What? What does that mean? No, no, no. As, he's what like, I was trying to Pistol say... up time. I was like, excuse me? What I was, what, like, what I was that I mean...
0: trying to say was that... I, I was really mesmerized by observing Profit's tracer going into this weekend because he's always up to something. Like, he's always doing something. Either he's diving deep with Fitz in the back line on the back of Fitz EMPs, or he's shooting tanks, or he's taking the tracer right. duel. Like, he's so proactive um, and so efficient, was what I was trying to say with Profit. Uh, like, his tracer is so efficient. He's always doing something. Um, and so then I on the broadcast, like, I'm, I'm just ranting and I say... Like, yeah, Prophet has a great pistol uptime. <laughs> like, he just shoots people all the time. <laughs> but <laughs> I was just trying to say that, like, We're while you look at some people like... Tester, I was just like,
2: what the fuck did he do to say? I was like, pistol uptime. No, is that, I, I is just, that a real no, stat, oh, by oh, the way?
0: No. Did you look it up? No. No, 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 no. It's not a real stat. I just, you might made be it able up. to track it. Like,
1: literally, if we asked the stats wizards behind the scenes, I don't know why they'd waste their time on this, but in theory, <laughs> you might be able to track, like, how often. Because what you're essentially saying is he's shooting his gun a lot compared to, like, yeah. zipping around, not doing much or yeah. setting up for fights. He does more fighting I mean,
2: and less setting up. He's more proactive.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, I've said that already, Matt. <laughs> Thank you. But uh, some, some Tracer players. Like, Snillo is the complete counter-opposite, right? Where Snillo just like... He's, <laughs> not, <laughs> He's not even in the, the fucking right?
2: league. <laughs> <there> a- <laughs> he doesn't have any pistol-up time. He's out looking for <laughs> mushrooms in the Swedish woods. Okay.
0: His issue oh. was
2: pistol-up time. He's not in the <laughs> fucking league.
0: Do you have, like... Do you, like, hard erase your brain, like a hard drive every year or what? You can't remember two years ago when Snillo was in the league and went for flanks all the time? Have yes. You- I can I- completely erase
2: try and that? come up with a more uh, uh, relevant comparison.
0: Oh, uh, well, I mean, okay, what's a tracer in the league these days that just sneaks around corners and, like, just waits? does bounce? a little bit of that,
1: where he tries yeah. to very heavily set up for fights before they begin, and then he's Bristol. efficient with finishing
0: them. Oh, my God. Who else? It's Mulan, right? Valor- it's a tracer Valoran. player for Valiant. That just tells you how much Valiant matters watch this year.
2: Oh, I, I look, when I when I load up the schedule on the website, There, those games aren't even listed. I don't even... <laughs> <laughs> so my website's messed up. They don't list any Hide of the Valiant this team.
1: games. He's got into the back end. No, I understand what you mean. I understand what you mean. All
0: right. Yeah. Let's, so
1: let, let's let's shift the conversation along though. One of the biggest th- oh wait, no, sorry. Just one more thing oh. before we uh Oh no. Oh no, we're no, we're moving on. We're moving oh my on. God. I, I lied oh. to you all. I lied to you all. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. The next topic was one of the biggest conversations that come out of this. So that was the final game of the regular season. There are no more regular season games, which means everything that you've seen so far in the season, that's all of the data that you can use but MVP, Rookie of the Year, Coach of the Year, all of that shit. The postseason is different. The postseason results are not supposed to be counted for those awards. So all of your decisions and all of your modeling of the games should have taken all of that into account at this point. Leave versus Lip is the biggest conversation that's happening so far. Some people are fucking throwing Shoes name in there as fast as they can because of that nuts play and and the rest of what he's doing. But yeah, most of the serious conversation around MVP is between leave and lip um, to start with. Let's answer the actual topic that's listed here. Are they the two leading? What would you say to someone who says you got to think about Shu or you got to think about Ke- Pelican or you got to think about Kevster? What, what do you, what would you say to, to those
0: arguments? I mean, Kevster is not even in the running mate. He's not one of the top 10. So good luck with that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> even though, you know, of course he had a great stage. I think there are some other names. Like, if someone came up to me and they were like, you know, I kind of value, like, what Fleta brought to the Shanghai Dragons this year. I'm like, I'd pat you on the head, but I'd be like, okay, I get it. You know? Like, I, I-, I get where you're coming from. <laughs> Sparkle brought tons of flexibility to the Dallas Fuel, was able to play that Tracer in the main melee that really helped them out to secure that stage all. Okay, I get it. Fearless, even. I'm like, okay. It- w- one of the best main tank players in the world. The best been- wins in the world. I, I get it. But personally I think Leave and Lip are the two leading yeah. MVP candidates. And I think if if you vote for someone else, I tough. I'm I'm sorry. I, I think that's kind of tough. The tough argument, I feel like. Okay. I mean
2: I fearless was like clearly like the runner like at the beginning of he's the season. Fire. He's on fire. I mean the guy is literally <laughs> on fire. Is that because um, he's
1: rising so fast? So he's like they they've maybe, put some yeah blue flames oh, I mean, behind him.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Um, I would say it's probably Leave and Lip. I think Leave has just been... like, Yeah, I mean, he's been so good. I think people kind of throwing Shu's name in there. I think if uh, if the Gladiators had made one of the other tournaments, even if they made two of them and won one of them, I think you could make a really good argument for Shu. Sure. He's had a great year. I, I, I think, though, like, with how... With how Leave has played... Chengdu obviously playing so much around him, and then being able to make three tournaments, I think, has been really impressive. Uh yeah. I mean, Lip is really fucking good as well. I mean, it's, it's a shitty. It, it, this is what sucks about MVPs. Only one person gets it, right? I mean, yeah. Um,
1: I can tell you, I've locked in my MVP vote already. I I, okay. I made the decision the day after watching the uh the the finals and the rest of the Countdown Cup uh to me you know i considered it for a moment it was between leave and lip i locked one of them in i want to hear if you two have as well and um who you went for if you've already locked it in
0: i have not okay. but i will take a day or two to like go through the stats uh, i promised i was going to go through some votes as well Leave in the dune joust because people tell me that lee popped off and jimmy was at fault for the June joust performance from Chengdu. Um, I just want to double-check it with my own eyes. Um, I, I'm, I'm torn. I, I am torn. I do think that... I think... I think leave has surpassed Lip for me now. But I just want to double-check before I put the vote in. Because I do feel like... There there are many ways to look at this, right? leave has obviously had the most impact, I feel like, for his team compared to Lip or what he has done for Shanghai. Because you have Void, you have Flatter, you have... Yaki Isayaki and Lijagon like they're, a, they're just a stacked roster right so um I, I think leave in comparison he's done the most for his team as an individual um and if that's your definition of the MVP then like sure go ahead just throw that vote in leave has done the most for his team individually but like leave has played at such an incredible level I think he's he, he was great last year but I think he even stepped up this year for me um the way he played tracer in the main melee, um, took over for a DM playing some of the longer hit scan stuff for Shanghai Dragons after DM kind of flopped the initial weeks. I I just Lip had three consecutive stages where he just like fucking pounded, and he was like one of the best players in the world, and arguably like the best player in the world. And I think three stages in a row, you can't. You can't just like glance past that and be like, "Well, leave." You know, the past two stages, leave has really popped up for the Chengdu Hunters. I mean, don't get me wrong, leave was good in June, Jows and May Melee too, but I think that leave was on a different level for like three months uh, for the Shanghai Dragons, or three stages rather.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm leaning leave as well after after how he played in the, the last. I, I if they would have went out early, I probably would have went with Lip, but the fact that they're able to battle it back and he played pretty strong towards the end i also like i guess this always comes down to people's like interpretation of like mvp right yeah Uh, yeah because i look across shanghai and like my fucking lord i mean they got iziaki they have fucking uh, i i thought void should have been the mvp last year right but you still have yeah but you you still have fletta right who was the mvp last year (laughs) i mean you're obviously you shouldn't really be penalized for the talent around you but it's very difficult, I think, to stand out above head and shoulders above people in that regard, and it's also, uh, I think, it's also easier to see somebody like Leaves' impact on a team like Chengdu, where, you know, he, 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 there's been some tough games in APAC, right? With like, uh, you know, Hangzhou's been good at moments, Philly, Seoul, Shanghai, like without him on the fucking team and playing the way he is i mean who the hell knows where this team would be I, I don't think they would be in three tournaments this year uh so yeah i guess that's kind of like where i i tend to think about mvp is not necessarily the best player on the best team but which individual player had the largest impact on their team to have that team whether it's perform where they expected or to overperform right? yeah. i think chung is probably overperformed this year and I think leave's a big reason why
1: yeah and I think that's pretty fair listen if you if your definition of MVP is the person who without them the team would have the most radically different record it is very difficult to vote for anyone else other than leave because if he isn't on that Chengdu team and they replace him with so even someone else who's very good like let's say I don't know Fledder last year's MVP that team is still not doing anywhere near as well because leave plays a hard carry kind of style. He, yeah. he will, he happily takes resources, responsibility onto himself and goes and delivers results. It's like a very obviously important role that he fulfills for the team. And he pops the fuck off. I can tell you that I didn't vote for leave though. I voted for lip. Uh, okay. Even after leaves performance. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that was a <the> bait. <laughs> yep, yeah. Yeah. Because that's not how I define MVP. I don't define MVP as, like, one person who, without which, you know, the the rankings would be wildly different, even though that is a very valid metric. And if that is your criteria, then that's perfectly fine as well. But it's, it's a deliberately nebulous, subjective um, thing, MVP. You don't just do it based on stats. You don't let fucking an AI generate your MVP for the end of the season. Otherwise, it'd be Hanbin. And Hanbin doesn't fall into even the other definition of, like, if you replaced Hanbin with Void, Dallas would still be perfectly fine, even though Hanbin is excellent, even though Hanbin might be the best flex tank that we have, off tank, whatever, in the league. If you replace him, Dallas is still doing perfectly fine this season. Like, Fearless and Void would be nuts. They were nuts last year on uh, on the Dragons. The reason I went with Lyft, though, is because I, I think... Not only does he fit the, the categorization of an incredible player that's done enormous amounts of work for his team, uh, like the Tracer, the Ash, the Sombra, all of those things he was the best at when he played them. Um, Not only has he done that, but the team also plays around him. And when I think about MVP, I don't just think about people who are irreplaceable on their team. I think about people that define how the team plays, which is why I think of Fearless more so than Sparkle when I think of MVP. Because I think of a player that... Um, that is, is literally your team is built around them, that, that they define how you play, how you take engagements, you feel happy giving them resources. You can be a great Phil player, but I don't feel like that is normally as important to your team. So when I look at Lip, the whole of Shanghai this year has revolved around him. It's been about how his Sombra gets value. It's been around him picking up the Tracer at the end of the May melee. It's been about him picking up Ash of various parts and, and just immediately he gets the resources and goes and kills people. Like, the biggest one is his Sombra. He's easily been the best Sombra in the game, I mean, since 2020, but he's still been the best Sombra of this year as well. He's defined the style that they're the most excellent at, the Tracer Sombra kind of stuff. And it's not Fledder that's creating advantages for them. Fledder finishes those advantages. The advantages are created by Lip, and then Fearless and, uh, and Fledder are fantastic at following up on them. But I, I've got to give the credit to my boy. I've been, been calling him out for so long, I can't not vote for him now. So I went with Lip for MVP, but sure. I, I, I think it's a crazy close race. I think yeah.
2: It, it, yeah, I think it, it could literally go any way Right. with these two. Uh, I think either one you vote for is a really good pick. Yeah. I, I yep. would not be mad if Lee uh, won it in the slightest. I think that's
1: uh, also a fantastic season for him. Uh, generally, ridiculous. All right. Regular season power rankings. Let's get on to our next topic. Um, I think, I believe we just have to touch these up a little bit from last time because we're f- at the end of the Countdown Cup. I think the last time we did them was at the end of the Summer Showdown. Was it? Does anyone Maybe. remember? I think. Yeah, so. I think we uh, do them after
2: the tournament.
0: Are you sure? I yeah, think after so. summer showdown, yeah. yeah,
1: I don't think I we think. did them before the Countdown Cup. I think we just did them uh, after the... Yeah, we just did them cycle. one stage, yeah. Now, I think there's a pretty interesting point here related to Dallas and Shanghai. Do you... Do you punish them in terms of taking them down the rankings at all for a stage where they didn't perform up to expectations but for obvious reasons that they've said they were taking it easy at the end of the season? Like, they'd already accomplished all of their goals. Uh, no, well, I think so, yeah. You, you still think you knock them down the rankings?
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to base their entire ranking based on their qualifier, and specifically Dallas Fuel's knockout match against Shock. That was a travesty. I'm not going to base it entirely on that, but it right. certainly plays a part. Okay. Yeah, I'd say so.
1: Okay. I
2: think that's different to how most people would approach it. What do you think, Matt? Yeah, I think most people would say to just kind of uh, remove that from the case uh and maybe you can like i i probably feel better about leaving shanghai where they are as compared to leaving dallas where they are
0: yeah I, i'd agree with
2: uh, that. but that's just my opinion i think you can like you know shanghai they win two they make the finals of one like dallas has been you know trending more towards non-qualification or like in that direction where can, can you make a case for Chengdu above them or Atlanta
0: who have also been to three tournaments? I think you can.
2: See, so, uh,
1: okay, go on, Johnny.
0: What what are these rankings? Are these power rankings going into the playoffs or these are we just are assessing the regular season?
1: The whole of the regular season. I mean, weighted, again, this is the way that we've been doing them so far is that you weight recent stuff slightly higher, but it's still over the course of the entire season. So you still have to take mm-hmm. into account that Dallas won the main melee, for example. Okay. But, well, But le- that- to less extent, because it has less predictive power than their most recent performances in theory, but their most recent performances also, I don't think have that much predictive power because they were literally taking it
2: chill.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, if you want to extend the, time that, the timeline that far, then, okay, I, I, I'd agree. Let, you know, let's keep it Shanghai-Dallas then. Because then I wouldn't move Dallas. But if we're just basing like the past stage or like past stage and a half, then I think I'd want yeah. everything after that. I think is movable though. Like yeah,
1: who's been the third best team of this year? I feel like it Chengdu. has to go to Chengdu, right? Even though they yep.
2: lost both of the stage finals that they were in, they yeah. made it. Chengdu. No one else has. Uh huh. Would you say Chengdu, Atlanta, then the Gladiators?
1: Yeah, I think gladiators winning this stage final. What they, did they go three and one, or did they go four and zero? I think they went three and one in the regular portion of the Countdown uh, Cup, right?
2: Them in Atlanta, lost Atlanta, right? Them in Atlanta have the same exact win loss record in the same exact map count for the entire season, which is yeah, kind of
1: bonkers. Yeah, that's wild. They, I'm sure the league would have had chaos trying to pass them from each other if they'd had the same amount of league points as well. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I think it has to be the gladiators. I think winning yeah. a stage title probably bumps them from eighth to fifth.
2: I think that's a. It's a big Especially jump. When, but it was what, a huge achievement. the Justice and the Shock both haven't even made it to Hawaii, and Seoul made it once and just bowed out fast. Yeah, you kind of have to put the Gladiators up there. Yeah, I would agree.
1: Yeah, pop the Gladiators into the number fifth position, the number five position. I, I would agree with that. Um, from then, I don't like it, but it feels like you have to give it to Seoul. Because they made yep, the yeah. stage finals this time around. But it is easier for the APAC teams to make stage finals. They only need to win a single game um, against decent opposition. They're still playing against Philly. But to me, most recently, I feel more excited about the Shock heading into playoffs, even though they didn't make it this time around. That Shock Gladiators game was extraordinarily close. They totally could have uh, yeah. somehow managed to uh, win that one, make it in, and... Um, and then we'd be having a completely different conversation here. I think Shock. I'm I'm excited Seven. for them heading into the postseason. But on the balance of their whole record all season long, maybe Soul still get the edge. The eye test would tell me that Shock
2: deserved the spot though. I mean, they're they're pretty much identical, uh, like throughout the entire season, outside of Soul making this one tournament. So, but I think you could argue that the Shock play in a tougher division, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, the shock have. I'm just looking up some some matches as well throughout the year to see like how competitive they were with the other teams. Um, Shock did beat Dallas Fuel at one point in the regular season. They've beaten Atlanta. They've beaten the Gladiators. Like those are impressive wins. So like, yeah, yeah, yeah. they didn't make a stage playoffs, but they were consistently around the knockouts. and beat top teams in the Western region. Uh, Seoul Dynasty. They beat Shanghai they, once. Didn't
1: I think they beat them like three-two this stage? Which uh, again, no, they lost. They lost to Shanghai. Oh, two, they three lost three-two. Yeah, they threw it away. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, they did. Um, but wait, this graphic is so confusing. Like right. how many of their losses? They beat Chengdu. They were competitive against Chengdu. I think them and Chengdu went like two and two.
1: Yeah, and I think they've only lost this year to Chengdu and Dragons.
0: Yeah, oh, I right. think they lost to Chengdu in two knockouts. Oh, is that right? They lo- I don't know, but I think they won two regular season matches against Chengdu. But I think that was it. It's right.
1: It's a tough one. I mean, I I, I feel like you have to give it to soldiers based on making a stage final, but you've got to also understand that the stage finals are not equivalent between the two regions. It's easier for a good yeah. team to make it to stage finals in APAC than it is in. I
2: mean, who did uh, who did Sol play to make it to the APAC ones? Philly, they played against Philly, and Philly were oh, looking okay. good,
1: yeah. you know. So it was, it was still a decent, decent result to be able to get in. But they were kind of like, you know, trading trading matches back and forth.
0: Um, I feel, I feel like shock has been consistently like great. I mean, so is Seoul. They're twelve and four for Christ's sake. But I feel like shock has been more of my time. You, you can make
2: an argument for both because you can make an argument that the shock had the same exact record in a tougher region, playing against better teams overall, or Seoul had the same record and made a playoff. Depends on what you value more. Yeah.
1: Well, what do you two think? Where, who do you want to put where? My gut says Shock
0: 6 and Soul 7. Jonathan? Uh, yeah, I, I, I think so too, yeah.
1: All right, excellent. The Shock simping continues. Reddit will yeah. be
0: pleased. <laughs> okay. Oh, yes. They will hey, be I think the Shock should be third... It's a bit of right, reason <laughs> to bias as well. Like I think I, I'm th- that shocked. Magic against gladiators, like God damn, that was. Um. That
2: was sure, yeah. Good. I mean that, that final who game was. Who was the fuck good, goes but. here? Uh. Is it? What are your choices? Outlaws
1: is fusion an outside shot here? I mean, fusion have definitely increased their stocks, having done well in the uh, countdown cup, but they didn't increase them enormously enough to go into eighth. Yeah. I mean, I think
2: Houston it, is still eleven
1: and five. Outlaws had a pretty disappointing second half of their year. They went 7 and 1 and they finished what is it 11 and 5, so they went 4 and 4 five. in the end half of the season. They did have a tough schedule. Yeah. Yeah. But if you're that caliber of team that goes 7 and 1, you're expecting to win more of those right. tough games, you know. You're not expecting to drop them all. But I think probably their season has been better than Justice's, right? I mean Justice have had yes. some catastrophes.
2: I mean they've just yeah. I mean they've just been abysmal at times. Uh I think for me you're looking at maybe like uh Outlaws Paris Toronto Philly like those type of teams here. Yeah I mean, I really think outlaws. Outlaws. outlaws
0: eight I think it's the easy choice. Then yeah. I think it gets yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, you might I mean out let's put outlaws in number eight. What's yeah. the what's the conversation around Philly though? Because they did well, they went? Did did they go four and zero in the Countdown Cup, or did they go three and one or something? They did. And uh, they had a great record for the Countdown Cup, didn't they?
0: They finished three and one. Right, three, three and one. one. And, with, didn't they go four and zero in the main melee
1: too? Yes, they did. Uh, yeah, but they they lost to tragic June Joust and,
2: and their the Summer they, Showdown. They had a bad joy. yeah. They had a bad middle of their season. They went two and yeah. two in the June Joust and then one and three in the Summer oh, Showdown. Yeah, it was even worse. Yeah.
0: They lost. Um, they lost to. Do hunters, if I remember correctly, in the no, it wasn't to Shanghai. I remember it being like a five map series in the main melee knockouts game, and everyone was like, How did that
1: was Philly to Shanghai? Go? Yeah, it was it was yeah. Philly against Shanghai,
0: yeah, yeah, it was that was like their peak, I guess. And then Katan Cup was their two peaks. I think,
1: uh, yeah, I think Philly is in the conversation for this ninth spot. Uh, I definitely think that they've overtaken New York, Boston, Spark at this point, so they're minimum 10th. Um, or minimum, Toronto, yeah, minimum 11th I guess
2: Toronto goes five and three over the last two tournaments dude, I can't believe in the defiance same, same with Paris Paris goes five and three as well
1: Yeah but I swear Paris and Toronto had some of the easiest strength of schedules all year Here's a challenge actually for anyone at home who loves doing like data an- analysis and making cool graphics and shit, if you can make
2: a somebody did the strength of schedule Wait did the they for the
1: whole season. There's...
2: There's like yes. three different uh, ones, man. Yeah. Like where, uh, ones. It actually oh, well, had the gladiators I as it. the tough it actually had the gladiators as the toughest opponent in the league. Wait, what? How does that make any sense? Uh, you mean
1: gladiators had the toughest strength of schedule?
2: No, that like uh when ranking, I guess, like uh, wins and map differential and everything else, that the gladiators over the course of the entire season were the toughest team to play. I don't understand no, that. I don't understand how they formulated it. Uh, would
1: you be able to put a link to one of them for Kurt to be able yeah, to yeah, bring it up? Because at... um, that's something that I was really interested in. Because certain teams played, like Paris, for example, got half their wins from playing London and Vancouver. They got four wins from playing uh, London twice and Vancouver twice. That is an extraordinarily easy schedule compared to some other teams in the league. And I feel like when we're talking about end-of-season power rankings – that's something that is useful to weigh into the conversation when we're talking about like should they go eighth, should they go ninth? You know those small differences. That's that's an important conversation. I just haven't seen the
2: graphic. So like uh, here, I guess the average strength of schedule. This is like a Baroy who made one. Ah, okay.
1: Baroy works for Toronto, doesn't he? Oh no, he used he, to work for Toronto. Now he works for. Uh,
2: he said "Uh, string okay, the schedule via happened, double man. opponents in NA string the schedule had huge implications not only on monthly tournaments but play in seedings as well uh he mentioned that Florida and Gladiators got screwed i guess cuz well Gladiators are at 4700 near look like the top of the spectrum and Florida as well right um so this is um so this is and then
1: he- The people that you got twice during the season because the way the season worked is it was just kind of random who you got twice everyone played everyone once but some teams you had to play twice in order for it to work out so this is like were your opponents crazy difficult that you played twice and so it's London, Florida, Gladiators Vancouver and then Shock and then the easiest was Paris so they had the easiest strength of schedule and Toronto. So yeah, the two teams that we're talking about, Paris and Toronto, had the two easiest strength of schedules in NA. And then uh, in NA. somebody else made one. And god, sorry Matt, Washington, a third easiest, and they still had that wank of a season. I mean, what the uh.
2: fuck, dude? I put this other Reddit thread in there, but somebody made uh, uh, a different chart, had like the, uh, had like uh, an adjusted strength of schedule, and then like raw strength of schedule. Uh, where uh, Florida actually had the toughest uh, strength of to schedule, with the rain having the second one. Uh, um, shows you how good the uh, rain were. But so, how have they? Adjust- What's the adjustment? Sorry, can we scroll up a little bit here? What is this? Uh, well, like if you went by the raw, right? Like the teams that got fucking dumb trucked probably had the the toughest strength of to schedule because they suck. So like the Valiant, uh, right, right, did fire, But then like kind of when you adjust for.
1: Uh, so this is like this is like you've already taken into account that Florida had a bad, um, had really tough opponents. So you assume that they're slightly better than their record indicates, and so that's the adjustment. That's interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So who again? Who had the easiest? Uh, and cares? then he said some things that
2: the fans may uh, raise an eyebrow. This calculation considers the Gladiators to be the hardest team to play, uh, but the Fuel and the Dragons ratings fell off quite a bit during their uh, sandbagging. Error. Right, I see. I see. Interesting. Okay,
1: so let's take a look back at our power rankings again. And the teams that we had uh, that we were looking at were, for this number nine spot, I think the teams are Fusion uh, Toronto uh... Washington I
0: yeah. think there's some reasons to bias with Toronto because they look kind of good against the rain in the knockouts. A couple of weeks ago, but I do think fusion is probably it's gotta be fusion,
1: right? Is there any? So other the teams?
2: fusion, the fusion in Toronto had relatively similar strength of schedules. It's actually funnier that Seoul's strength of schedule, like they had a uh, what an easy a worse strength of schedule, Toronto, I guess, had a harder uh schedule, and then Paris. Yeah, like you mentioned, they're Paris is sixteenth out of the twenty teams in the strength of schedule because they played what the Titans end London twice.
1: Yeah, yeah, right? which is crazy. It's crazy. Uh, it so, really is. I mean, um, who who even takes tenth here? Is it what was? When what, do we talk about Hangzhou? I, I mean, I guess now Hangzhou and Justice had a pretty similar season. I feel where it was very uh, underwhelming. Except to me, justice at least had flashes of brilliance.
0: Oh. The, the spark had none. Hangzhou went four and zero in June Joust, and they went three and nine rest of the season. <laughs> it's it's tragic.
2: <laughs> that was when Spark oh. was ju- uh, when
1: Shai was just popping
2: the fuck off in the
0: June oh, Joust. Do yeah.
1: well.
2: so you have to just put Paris and then Washington? But what do we also what? think about Boston? Boston finishes with a strength of schedule like pretty much right in the middle. Uh, well, what was what was
1: Justice's record? What did they end nine with? and seven,
0: nine and seven, nine Both and seven. So finish. they're like
1: one ahead of Paris. Oh God, Toronto is me. there too. What does Toronto have? Nine and seven Both as well. Both of them what are pissy nine and seven. Schedules. Yeah, and both of them had
2: really easy schedules. I mean, to me, the Justice had an easier schedule and they have more talent and they only finished with a plus three map differential. Like, it's so
1: tragic. It really is. It's been an awful season for Washington. But the the only reason I'm considering putting them above some of the others is that they did occasionally throughout the year have moments where they looked great. I don't feel like there was ever a game from Toronto um, where I thought, damn, these guys look like they could be top, you know, Fucking three world in, in the West. Yeah. yeah. Whereas Justice had those moments. They also, I, they also had moments where I wanted to rank them bottom two in the West. Literally them and like Vancouver or them and London. So...
0: So Toronto's biggest wins thing? of the season is the reverse sweep against Atlanta Rain in week one. Okay? Yeah. That's their biggest win of the season. Apart from that, they've beaten Vancouver twice. They've beaten london twice (laughs) they've beaten florida mayhem who is that three two that's toronto uh they beat paris three times and they beat uh washington justice in stage four did you go washington dude they've literally only beat vancouver london (laughs) paris mayhem and washington justice in stage four
2: uh, all right, so Justice
0: then, probably
2: 10th.
1: I mean, and I, like they reverse swept Atlanta at the beginning, right? So yeah. That's that. Yeah, but yeah. Did you put, Atlanta,
0: yeah, you put yeah. Paris? It, Washington has you... beaten Gladiators. They yeah. beat Dallas Fuel at one point. Yeah. No, but uh, it, but yeah. also,
1: that's kind of a bad thing, too, because imagine getting those wins and then f- also fucking your season everywhere yeah. else. Like, is it better to beat good teams and lose to terrible ones? Or is it better to just lose to all the good teams but
0: beat all the bad teams? Which
1: one's better? Okay, so
0: who did they lose to? I don't know. To was disappointing. Yeah. Uh, Washington got 3-0'd by Boston. They lost to Shock, Atlanta, Dallas, Houston, Gladiators in a row. Yeah. That's No, not in a row. What am I talking about? They lost to those five teams. Those yeah. are tough teams. Shock, yeah, Atlanta, are. Dallas, Houston, Gladiators. Yeah. Uh, apart from that, they lost to Toronto, Boston. Paris, Florida. <laughs> yeah, so that was Florida when they were good. Those are all awful losses. Uh, I mean, those are all. No, awful. That, that was Florida when they were good, like in May Melee. So, oh,
1: that was in the May Melee. I thought that was recently. I thought they played against each other in the yeah. They lost to, to Mayhem in the knockouts. Remember for May Melee? Right, right. Yeah, they did. Yeah, I, remember. I, um, I, I don't fucking know, man. I feel like there's a top nine in the league, and then as soon as we get to the tenth, I'm like remembering the, the bad. The fucking coin.
0: It's... I'll go, okay, what, what if we go Washington here? <laughs> no, I, I mean, I, I feel Is it Washington,
2: to Toronto, Paris? When it do we be. talk
0: about New York? New York made it to Hawaii once, and they looked good in the Countdown they Cup. They didn't look good in Hawaii, though. Let's be clear. Yeah, yeah, they, got true, they got rocked. They got rocked. They were yeah. physically present. That's about it. <laughs> they were worse than Seoul were in the Countdown Cup. Yeah. Yeah, they
2: were. They were. Um, I, I think it's Philly. No, I actually think it's a uh, it's Justice Toronto Paris. Justice Toronto then,
1: Paris, okay
2: and then is it uh Hong Hangzhou, Xiu, New York? Hangzhou Hangzhou had uh Bro, Hangzhou was so fucked. They had cool. one of the hardest schedules, I guess.
1: Um, yeah let's let us after adjusted okay sling up spark nyxl boston in that order and let's just think about whether that looks wrong because the, it, the, this portion is so difficult to actually rank on top of each other accurately but for example in this situation you've got the teams listed mostly by win record right you've got like <laughs> nine and seven nine and seven eight and eight Okay. But Washington, yeah. Toronto, uh, Eternal. But I feel I, like Eternal had okay. more promising moments at times. This I think is, thing is defiant, fine. This I but... think
2: is fine. And New York above Boston, they had the same record, but New York made it to Hawaii.
0: Let, okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Looking through Hangzhou Sparks matches this year. Yeah. It, yeah. In the June Joust, right? That's when they yeah. were good, right? They beat Shanghai 3-0. That yep. was amazing. Yep. They beat Chengdu Hunters 3-1. Yep. Apart from the June Joust, I mean, we're beating a dead horse here. Their wins come against Guangzhou 3-0, Guangzhou Tough 3-1, team. Valiant 3-0, Valiant 3-0, and New York 3-2. But... Quality wins. <laughs> quality wins in the APAC region, Francis <laughs> Park. Okay, who did they, New York win against, they though? They played New York three times, and they're 1-2 yeah. and two in the head-to-head. Yeah, I I Are oh, worse than New York in the, New York I think also
1: the the point of this as well is to weight the, the later results slightly higher. I feel like True. NYXL should be better than Spark. I think the latter oh, yeah. half of the season looked better them for off. them. I think we moved New York. We flip New York and Spark around here. So yeah.
0: <laughs> Also, are we are we like a bit NA biased here? Not reading new. York no, 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 we're never okay, okay. NA I'm biased. just I'm just asking the APAC fans, they're gonna be rabbit. No, yeah. Well no, the no. APAC
1: fans can the APAC fans can claim that NYXL are better than Paris all they like. I I I think there's no way of really knowing. Like those yeah, teams are, t- those teams are firmly middle of the pack. Firmly yeah. middle of the pack. There's no great argument for for any of them being above anybody else. Um, uh, I feel like I'm, I, 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 maybe I'm just a Toronto hater, but
2: 11 feels high for them. To be I'm more interested in what happens here at the bottom. All right, let's get onto the bottom then. Toronto, yeah, 20, it does
0: yeah. feel high. I, I feel wrong putting Toronto there, but you know,
2: yeah, the heese's is lease. He, he's, he's. I don't know. The hees uh, lease. you? You speak for that? a living.
1: You speak <laughs> for a living, and you can't even say the hees
2: is lease. <laughs> Um, Sorry, I got so excited talking about the Valiant and the Titans. <laughs> I feel like there's a pretty clear 1 through
1: 5. There's a pretty clear okay. 6 through 9. There's a pretty clear 10th through 15th. And then there's a pretty clear 16th Bro, through 20th. Put, there's like tier Florida, breaks in all of those places.
2: Can we put Florida above Guangzhou?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think they deserved it. I think Guangzhou... Why are Florida not
2: about Boston? Mate. Bro. Mate. The main any team that subs in a DPS player to play tank automatically drops to two spots. I can't. I mean, they went on Boston an eight-match lost, lost streak,
1: didn't they? Yeah, Boston
2: did lose to Vancouver.
1: Oh, they did get but also, Rio. Boston <laughs> had a couple of good <laughs> upset
0: wins. I yeah, no, no, no. You can't convince us on this. Well, well, okay, what is, what, is, what is Boston Uprising's peak this year? When they, they beat, beat Houston
1: o- with that like Genji dive comp, I think that was probably their yeah. best look.
0: Yeah, they beat Washington 3-0 in June Joust. Uh, then they beat... Houston yeah, but Washington South looked 3-0. awful
1: then. Washington looked dreadful
0: at that point in the June Was Joust. London better than Guangzhou
2: this year? Um, see, here's where well, I
1: think London got kind of shafted. Finishes- London, London did have a really tough strength of schedule, and they had some they had good the- moments, but... I don't know. They they had the third,
2: they had the third hardest schedule in the league.
1: Charge had, charge looked more competent over a larger period of time. Who I
2: did think. the charge beat this year? Did they beat the the valiant twice and then New Spark? York twice?
1: They beat Spark once, Spark I, I believe, once. recently. Um, listen, the charge have not had a good season. No one's pretending they have, but. I think they've had a better season than London. Actually, yeah, they? it's
2: fucking dreadful. I mean, the, the Guangzhou, London, show, London Guam shows won twenty maps where the the Spitfire and the Titans combined only won twenty two.
1: I mean, yeah, I mean, London, London barely managed to get their first win of the season against the bro, other team. A to dog say, show, right? And the on the high valiant, note, the
2: valiant won two maps, bro. Two maps. <laughs> it's tragic. It's... It really okay, is. I'm, I'm, I'm shocking. gonna ask a question. Oh, bro, I'm they want ask... two more maps than fucking than me and Josh's talent takedown team.
0: I'm <laughs> gonna ask a question that's unrelated to the power rankings. Yeah. Hypothetically, yep. speaking, if an investor came in and bought the LA Valiant, do you feel forced to rebrand or not?
2: What do you mean? No. Do you have to
0: change the name?
2: I don't think so.
1: I think the I think the Valiant would immediately gain back the goodwill of their fans if they just did a 180 in this offseason and just picked up either a good team or local talent. I think they will still be sour, but people would just appreciate players being given uh, salaries rather than anything. Uh, I, I don't think you need to rebrand... Well- Listen, if they continue to stay in APAC, they absolutely should rebrand. But why would you?
2: I mean, this season has been a catastrophe. And they will be the Beijing Brens and we will start Bren every game
0: hey that's a good there's brand I
1: you wouldn't be able to get the trademark there's already an esports team called Bren Esports they could participate in, in the Philippines they just qualified for the next Masters event for Valorant when we are doing a Valorant co-stream we're going to be we're going to be looking at a team called Bren Esports I wish we had <laughs> that in Overwatch why, why are they called
2: sports? Bren Esports
1: I have no idea I don't know who they're Bren is or why right? the name is Bren but they're called Bren Esports. They're like a really big org from the Philippines as well. They have teams in um in like what's it called? Like clash Clash of clans, yeah, mobile game kind of events. Yeah. Yeah. And they're they're pretty big. They have a big fan base. There they are. Look at them. They have a bigger (laughs) fan base than Bren. Incredible. Oh, they're founded by Bren Chong. That's why they're called Bren Esports. That's quite um. That's good yeah, that's quite vain, isn't it? You're naming the whole org after yourself. It's like if I just made Josh Esports.
2: <laughs> hey, do you wanna play for Josh.gg? We should, as Platchat, just fund like a random team in a random game. Like oh, yeah. just just, yeah. just spin a just spin a wheel of games like Garena Free like Fire a, and just fun- hey, let's get a fucking let's get a crossfire team. Like let's just get a <laughs> Oh fucking flat chat.
1: <laughs> yeah, I- I'm pretty happy with our regular season power rankings, though. I I think we've yep. I think we kind of nailed that. I think we uh, nailed yeah, that, I mean, apart from great. the middle portion, which is hell on earth. Jo- Jonathan's heard an earthquake or something rumbling in the. I-, I, have the-
0: I have the weirdest dog barking <laughs> outside my window. It's. <laughs> It's like a puppy, but it's like the most angry puppy oh, I've ever heard. It
1: when when we look at these rankings, all right, we said coming into this year it was going to be the most competitive year ever, and I, from watching the games, would agree with our take that it was. When you look at the rankings, though, there is a big difference between like your one really? through nine. Where, or, yeah, well, yeah, something I'm like just, that. Uh,
2: I have my hand over my monitor that's covering. Uh, from 17 down. <laughs> and th- that that's super fun. Everything above that. Where do you
1: where do you feel like do, do you agree with that original take in the preseason that it was going to be the
2: most I do. competitive season ever? Did it feel I do. like that? Uh yeah, because even even in years where we've had like shitty teams, they've been able to like win a few games outside of like Shanghai season 1. But like if you were bad this year like there was no fucking chance i mean you are barely getting maps i mean yeah it was fucking tough out there if you were just not good and i even think you saw teams like florida get punished right and like austin like i mean these teams in like any other year with their rosters probably would have been pretty solid like up there but just like even the teams that we were unsure about, right? Like the justice and Philly, like you know, those teams any other year are probably placed pretty high even with this like level of like play and inconsistency, where this year teams just got punished. I mean, they just got they just got p- pommeled if they were bad, <laughs> yeah,
1: all right. Let's move on to our stage tier list. At the end of every stage, we've been ranking them in terms of entertainment, enjoyability. Fun, I don't, I don't fucking know, words like that. Um, Countdown Cup, where Oswald, does it go? Yeah.
0: Production value. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah
1: sure. Value. Pro, dude, the production value in terms of the, the advert breaks were fantastic. Oh my, I love oh, those, oh. by the way. I loved watching Jonathan drool all over himself with a snorkel. That
2: was personal oh my personal favorite. I,
1: Jesus, was... I
2: kind of wanted to put this.
1: Where does it go? Is it with the summer showdown? Where did we put the Summer Showdown? In a. a. Oh, in like, okay,
0: A Okay, so let, let's talk about it for a bit then. Yeah. I don't know if it was the best stage ever. And I mean, especially with Dallas and Shanghai, like, easing up. I think that definitely affected, like, our approach to the stage and how we talked about it. We're like, okay, well, Dallas and Shanghai, they're taking the um, But it was overall, I thought it was a very entertaining stage. Sometimes for the wrong reasons, like Washington Justice being fucking dribbles and you know not being able to play sombra, the Memps, like that—that that was so entertaining. So even though it maybe wasn't like the best stage in terms of like gameplay hype, it was a really fun stage, and I really enjoyed watching the Countdown Cup. And the games it were up... sick.
2: Uh, it, the the playoffs were pretty fucking awesome too.
0: Yeah, but like and... I don't think we're gonna go back and be like, hey, remember Countdown Cup? It's like and people we had were like playing fucking, out of their minds like we had some fun games we had we some, had some great bangers of shock gladiators the playoffs yeah. were like even though so disappointed Atlanta got like a double 3 it like it, it was i think it was a good stage we had a titans 3-0 oh yeah the, the bread bowl
2: rising we had the fucking bread yeah. bowl
0: yeah i mean
2: bread bowl was fucking it was like the, the one of the more viewed fucking matches of the stage i mean people <laughs> fucking were dying for the bread bowl yeah. Uh, we, had, we had breadsticks like two times uh, this stage. Uh, true. Playoffs were pretty sick. I think uh, it goes in the B tier, personally.
1: I think okay. you can't get any higher than the B tier when it's at the end of the year and Dallas and Shanghai are deliberately taking it easy. Like, I don't think that you yeah. can ever get to an A tier or oh, an S tier. Um, tournament. In fact, I was thinking about putting it in the C tier until you said those things about the regular season portions of the matches and like how fun it was to watch Philly get back good, for example, and like yeah. the Vancouver Titans storylines and London getting their first win and that shit. Like, yeah. The wh- what do you guys think?
0: Do you agree with the B Valiant. classification? I I would yeah. actually say that I think I would put it bottom in the A list. I actually do think so. Yeah. I I really? I will remember this. For fun reasons, you think you but can. Just,
1: you think it's tier despite the fact Dallas and Shanghai were both not trying to get to Hawaii actively, and like they deliberately stopped screaming as much.
0: I mean, it's so subjective about how you rank the tier list, yeah. right? Like, oh, I don't know what movie are. Yeah, but, but you'd put I, it by. I, I felt from an entertainment standpoint, and this is that's what it is at the end of the day. Yes, we're competing. It's high stakes. You know, see the best of the best. It's an entertainment product. And I thought this stage was very entertaining. Um, All right.
1: Matt, what do you think? A or B? A. All right. Bottom A. It gets locked in the A tier. There you go. I feel like what I've noticed is that the 2021. stages all got ranked higher than when we were oh doing the God. ones in the past it's like it is a You're recency right. bias like you remember the good stuff more easily and then if you think back to like 2018 2019 you you forget some of the good
2: stuff so you don't rank them as highly but uh, i also yeah, think like been all right i think the format's been better this year which is like given us better games sure. consistently uh i i yeah i mean i think just having tournaments <laughs> for the whole year as opposed to what like started them halfway through the year last year right But yeah
0: yeah, yeah. I, I, will say to your point, Josh. I can't remember why we ranked Summer Showdown so high. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, why are like what was great about Summer Showdown, dude? You watch so much Overwatch and you work Overwatch for this long, like it just blends together. Wasn't yeah. Summer Showdown like, the, uh, the like seven game? That was the, the seven game like series in and seven, Dallas so
2: and uh, Shanghai.
1: No, that was that was June Joust. Oh, um, uh, I mean, the Summer Showdown was Shanghai playing against Chengdu. It was um, oh. it was Chengdu Farah, and it was like the the crazy adaptations and all of that stuff. Can anyone stop Chengdu's ball comp, et cetera, et cetera. It was a good tournament, but, yeah. <laughs> it, you always rank things higher coming straight out of them, I feel. Yeah, Any, yeah. sure. Anyway, all right. We have another big topic to consider here because this is our opportunity to gas ourselves up. Someone posted a Reddit post where they compared all of the different preseason predictions, right? And they they looked at them and they analyzed how many spots were different, how close did people get, what was the analysis? Did ours rank number one? Yes, it fucking did. It did? Number one, baby, number one! Mm, Matt wasn't involved, and
2: that's why it was number one.
1: Oh, no, he was involved, actually. You were there, there, weren't you? Yeah. Oh, yeah, sorry. No, sorry. That was needless shit talk, actually. That was so unnecessary.
2: Of course, it was fucking smart. Uh, the, the time that I left it to you, Custa, and Johnny, all we got was fucking some stupid whiteboard. Like, okay, I mean, look so, at this. Oh, I mean, we're so smart. Yeah, I mean,
1: we definitely still got a lot wrong, right? With and interesting, actually, to see the average at the end. I wonder whether the average was smarter or, or dumber than us. So if you scroll down a little here, it says difference in North America. So this is how many placements you had different compared to their accurate ones. Fun. And so someone managed to get we North America right, a little better than us. But we, we kind of fucking nailed APAC. We had APAC nailed down. And so yeah. it boosted our overall um, ranking. So this is just proof. for NA. That we are the best podcast ever. What, you mean the one that had 40, the the gold standard? I don't know. Can you scroll up a bit, Kurt? It's the F column. Nerd Street Gamers apparently had the best ranking of NA. Really? Hmm. Really?
0: Oh, oh, okay, I see. So 56 was the worst. Okay, yeah. okay, 56 was worse. Okay. Yeah, it's 40. the lower yeah. numbers okay. are
1: better. They've highlighted them in gold, the people that did the best. Okay, um, all right, all right. Interesting as well to take a look at that and see that people's averages were worse. <laughs> like, the, the wisdom of the crowd is just worse <laughs> than, than having people that know what they're talking about, perhaps. And uh, they have some overrated and underrated teams there as well at the same point. Most overrated Mayhem. Yes. I mean, obviously. Of course, yeah. Most underrated. We had the Outlaws. A lot of other people had Rain, I guess, yeah. and Chengdu. But Outlaws and Hunters? Yeah, I mean, that tracks, I think.
0: Yeah. yeah. I, oh. I, I, we're not... You know, it's, it's not a fantastic ranking, but I think we're pretty consistent.
2: What do you mean? We're the best fucking ranking out there. True, true. Yeah, but it's I mean, still... No, it's how- still- pretty shite but it's all the- right. theoretically well, the best fun. would have been to get it all I even corrected.
0: included books for fun yeah <laughs> um, um there was also people i do that- want to give a shout out to custer because i feel like oh, without yeah. custer we we, uh, we we could have potentially messed this up oh did we have oh. Custer for this episode? i think we did, i think it was- we did, had yeah. great yeah. opinions yeah. on the power yeah Actics
1: custer really helped us not underrate atlanta only uh yeah. and- Something else as well he fixed for us. I can't remember what it was. The only thing I would change with ours
2: is I would probably put books for fun above the Valiant. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Never read a book in his adult life. Would still rather read a book than watch a Valiant game. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. One oh, uh, of those long books, you know, the one that Amazon's making a series about this is a Wheel of Time. Don't you read that shit, right? Yeah, Wheel of Time is fantastic. If anyone yeah. out there is looking for a fantasy series, hell, just wait for the show. Wheel of Time is so the
1: show. Yeah, I mean, you could do that as well. It looks like do a, a good adaptation. Worry, the show. Um, there's also, there are people that split it between a- NA and APAC. They didn't oh. blend them together, so they can't be ranked in the same way. Um, but we still we still won on that one because they just divided ours in two. But yeah, there's uh, Brens by the way as well. So there's chat and then Bren, then Avast, then Jaws, then Avril. A lot of people made separate rankings of the regions, and these are very entertaining to look at too. This
2: entire is this entire section of the show just to, to uh, legitimize our yeah our pick? Yeah, we're okay. gassing ourselves up. Fucking I mean, look, a, we oh, are. Look, oh, holy.
1: I
0: mean, we people. say we're all jokes. People. They just say those plat Chat guys, they're only got a big show because of yeah. their charisma, because of I'll their banter, because they're, they're funny. No, we got the brains too, <laughs> all right? And here's yeah. the fucking proof. Well,
1: we actually weren't the best at NA or APAC, but we were just the best at both combined together. <laughs>
2: Which is important. because Important. Well, I, you know, the people, the people out there, they're like, oh, Pacha doesn't watch APAC. Well, here's the proof we do. We, well, uh, I mean, Bren, uh, Bren literally we didn't had even the best going of APAC. To know what it's yeah. gonna be like. we, we didn't even have to watch it to know what was going to happen. Knew. <laughs> we, we already knew. Yeah, I mean, Bren,
1: Bren literally got it exactly correct apart from Dynasty and Hunters were the other oh, way around. No. He
2: admitted on the show last week to not having watched any of
1: it <laughs> he said he hadn't watched any APAC from that week not any the entire season has not
2: never seen apac he didn't even oh. know he had an apac broadcast
1: i mean look at the difference between Bren's na and Bren's apac he got 42 <laughs> incorrect in na and two incorrect in apac
2: look at that <laughs> fucking ranking that's madness <laughs> justice at number two it's absolute oh.
1: madness isn't it
2: oh, you're defiant at fifth
1: yeah, wow, I yeah. mean that's 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 crazy as well. I uh, I can appreciate Wolf though going with Eternal in last place as well, just even below the Titans. Uh, everyone right. else has just got a guaranteed. Did anyone not have the Valiant last in APAC? I don't know. Actually, can you scroll down a little bit? Valiant, 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 Valiant. <laughs>
2: Everyone's got a point. Hey, oh, <laughs>
0: who has are- Hunters? Two
2: um,
1: people have
0: Hunters. Second worst. Wait, a vast? Oh my god! And who? Uh, McGravy. Oh wow. Oh yeah, McGravy also had the
1: hunters as second last.
0: Yeah. Hmm.
1: Pretty. I mean, I think most people. (laughs) Okay, we bragged about us being
0: good. We don't have to shame other people. I'm sorry. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yep. These are was interesting, though.
1: Most overrated and most underrated. I feel are very interesting. So you've got mayhem. Fusion for us, we overrated, but I think that makes sense because we deliberately said we were ranking them as if they had their main roster. Um, so uh, I feel pretty fine about that. And then who else? So, Charge getting overrated quite a lot as well. That makes some sense. NYXL getting overrated based on the Scrim Bucks quite a lot, you can see yeah. there. Um, and I guess Fuel getting underrated by a lot of people. I mean, the Scrim Bucks at the beginning of the season were that Fuel was going to suck. So,
2: yeah, interesting. People get lost in the source. People say they don't come here for the analytical content. That's literally what we provide. Yeah, we started this show off of the backbone of analytic analytical content. Yep, yep. Keep telling yourself that,
1: and we've kept it. Um, We kept that. Yeah. Let's move on from gassing ourselves up. We get one one topic a day. Uh, The playoff bracket has been released. We have a playoffs bracket. Now, some of, the, some of the teams, though, still have yet to select their opponents. But we can still see where people get input into the bracket. Uh, Jonathan, did you have some graphic or something about this? I saw oh, you yeah, posted, I posted something in the It Discord. was...
0: Um... Oh, his name is Yeah, name. I mean, uh, so... Corey, yeah. the guy who does the, the, the frag movies?
1: Oh, okay. Right, right. Yeah, S.I. Not Found,
0: Carry. S.I. Not Found. K- it's Corey or Carrie? Oh, sorry, yep. I apologize. So... Sorry, he, he, I think he made this one. So, to start off, the graphic is a bit misleading because obviously it says APAC leads into the loser bracket. It does not. That arrow just, it's supposed to mean that they go into the yeah. uh, selection phase in the upper bracket, of course. Um, and also Atlanta is missing because they're fifth seed. Um, and so they're one of the teams that can be selected by the Dragons. Um, Fuel, Hunters, and Gliders. And that's how it's going to work. So the top seeds for each round, they pick their opponents until we get to the actual bracket. So Justice get to pick uh, between Paris and Boston, and then Shock get to pick between the winners of the earlier round. And then once we get to the actual playoffs, Dragons get to pick their opponent first, then Fuel, then Hunters, then Gliders, and then we go. So, and the, some notes for you.
1: The play-ins are happening next weekend, right? It's not this one coming yes. up, it's the weekend after yeah. that. Yep. Um, I assume that the teams will have to select their opponents
0: fairly shortly, right?
1: It's yes. announced on Wednesday. Oh, has that been announced
0: that it's happening on Wednesday? Is there
1: like some uh, show I believe... or something?
0: Uh, if not, then I leaked it. I was pretty sure they said it on the post-show. Okay. Yeah, right. so we oh, said it on the post-show, I think.
1: Oh, All yeah. right, okay, fair enough. Uh, is there going to be like a watch point episode? Uh, have they talked about that? Did you mention that on the post-show? No, I think... It's just getting no, tweeted think... out or something that people have yeah, so. picked their opponent? Okay. Um, the, obviously we can't do a, pre, a bracket prediction until then, and we should do one next week for that. Yeah. But we can talk about who people should select, who we think is the right choice I, for that.
2: I mean, I think the, well, obviously the, the biggest selection here would be, obviously, Justice on the Clock of who they pick out of Paris and Boston. I imagine they're going to pick Boston, right? I I
0: think yeah.
1: that would probably be the right pick, but yeah, I think that would probably be the right pick, but
2: I don't hey, think there's a major me. I don't think there's a huge difference between the two teams in terms of their didn't quality. Didn't the didn't the Defiant just play Paris in like a really tough big game as well,
0: didn't it go five, right? Defiant and Paris have done it back to back. They yeah. did it the last uh, one of the last games in a regular Potentially season. Potentially they could play three
2: matches back to back to back. That's wild. Hmm.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't think it is back to back, but it is like the the there would be three of the four Defiant had one. a
2: match in, in between there. But... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think you would definitely favor justice over Boston, right? Uh, I mean, in theory, terrible. you
1: should favor justice over anyone they select, but that right. just depends on whether you get good justice or terrible justice.
2: Right, and in only a one-game scenario, you can't really... Uh, no b- there's no bouncing back from bad justice. No, there isn't. I guess APAC is a little bit more straightforward. The UC Fusion being able to win two in a row and get
0: in. It could oh. do.
1: But that Fusion-Soul game is so hard to call. Like They've been dead yeah. even with each other. It went, when Fusion's been playing well, they've been even with each other. So yeah. I'm still anticipating we see the good version uh. of, the Fu- uh, of the Fusion because they've had time now. Their backline looks good. They're integrating Shockwave. like they, they actually look like they're doing some major development with the roster, but even at their peak, they've still only been about as good as Soul have.
2: If Soul lost that game, that is a rough season.
0: I think um Yeah. I might actually predict fusion in that one. I think Echo comes back into the pool, uh Lucio comes back into the pool, they're a bit better at playing that faster aggressive style. Um I, I think that helps them a little bit. While I think that Soul uh, kind of excelled in this meta as well, being able to put creative on the Seniata, play slow with Anemo. Um I don't know if they'll be able to do that as well against Lucio and Echo teams. Who does Shock yeah.
1: select? It says Shock opponent select. Who do they select between?
0: Uh, they would select
2: uh, between the... The winner of winners both of, of the, the first two rounds. Seven. Yeah. Right, right. Yep. I, see, I see, I see.
1: Okay, that's all going to be interesting. I guess we just have to wait until next week to yeah. start doing some bracket spreads. I mean,
2: you could end up with a sick, like, uh, you know what, you'd probably potentially be looking at, like, a... Uh, a shock versus, uh, like a defiant or Paris, and then outlaws versus like a justice. If you were going on like favorites,
1: yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, it, it's it's very difficult to try and uh, yeah. figure out who would be actually in there. It's also hard to be able to tell who people would pick when it gets to like Dragons, Gladiators, Fuel, and Hunters picking people because I imagine they're gonna pick based off form of like who looks scary coming out of those qualifier games. You don't really pick yeah. based on their regular season record or anything. Yeah. Um. All right, let's move on cool. then. We'll, we'll save that for next week. And yep. the final segment is the most important segment of every week. It's, of course, Bren's Player of the Week. And I have consulted with Bren this time. Oh, really? I promise okay. you all, I have genuinely consulted. No, I haven't. I haven't talked to Bren. I haven't <laughs> talked to him. I, I don't know what his thoughts are on this. But he's an idiot if he doesn't pick this player, I think. Because uh, me and Bren seem like we always end up just randomly luckily catching these crazy clutch plays and EQO's insane dragon blade play from from Rialto that was the last time I've seen a clutch this good the shoe play from Havana in in map 7 to be able to win the gladiators the the title now, I said when I tweeted it out, that may have won them the title, like that play alone, because I also think that they look like the better team in general, and so I think the Gladiators still had a great chance of being able to win that map, even if Shu had not gone fucking crazy there. But Shu locked it down with that play. Um, so this Bren's this player of the week goes to Shu. He's a nutty, nutty flex support player, one of the greatest clutches that we've seen in Overwatch, especially from a support role. Um, he just took that team fight into his own hands, destroyed four players, and in the biggest map he's potentially played in, I guess you, played yeah. for
0: um, he won a stage the title. With Guangzhou, so, year, yeah, he's yeah, won
1: a stage title, the Summer Showdown with the Guangzhou Charge, right? I will
0: say, pack only though, so he beat the Dragons yeah. pretty much. So, so I, I mean, think they, this, uh...
1: this is a little bigger, actually.
0: Yeah,
2: I mean, just uh, the amount of players who were able to leave Guangzhou this year, right before things got bad i mean uh when nero's had a good year for the shock uh you've had Shu have a really strong year mvp candidate for the gladiators happy is uh looked good yeah on the outlaws
1: i also think that this now begins the conversation or not begins the conversation but it 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 pushes the conversation along about Shu in terms of being the best flex support of this year he's been top three all year long yeah. i mean when people have talked about the best flex supports who normally gets in at you know that third place kind of slot i feel like at the moment he's pushing that ahead at least the number two behind iziaki and if you're talking about recently i mean he made it way deeper he's shown way more in the last month because the dragons were kind of taking it chill heading into the postseason this guy has a serious shot of ending the year i mean postseason included as being the best flex support he,
2: he does have that available to play for yeah i mean he has that potential as well right uh where the gladiators potentially like hitting that you know top form uh with him whether it's on the back or the zen i mean uh we always knew he was so talented yeah like uh, yeah. uh even even when guangzhou wasn't really good i think it was the, the first year they were in the league you still could watch him play and be like this guy is sick but the, the team just couldn't do anything around him Uh, Then last year they looked pretty decent at times, right? And he looked better, but this year playing with this crew, you've really seen him kind of unlock his potential, which I think also is like a, you can now look at, uh, I mean, not every player on like a bad team is going to be shoe, but not every player on a bad team is necessarily bad. I think Overwatch is one of the hardest games to actually just stand out on an individual level. Yeah. Uh, Where, you know, you have some of these players who have been on, rough teams. I mean, fucking uh, oh, Hell, God. Fearless is on, on the this. team. Yeah, I mean, this this play is just unreal, too. Oh, no, I it's mean, not. The,
1: it's the next team fight. Oh, the, the, right? Yeah, the
2: the next
0: one. Well, yes. I mean, it's 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 like you said earlier, Josh. Oh, no, it is it's this team fight. fight. It, is yeah, it is this it is, team fight. fight he, walks just goes around, around. Yeah. he builds up 40% fine, of his
1: though. ult, and then he flanks. And he's in, like, the 2v4. He just pops down his window, melts Gaga, destroys Light Young, kills the blade as well. I mean, that is... Bonkers! That is phenomenal. Oh, I got to see that shit from his POV. I, guess, uh, it's, it's, I, 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 I quote tweeted Kurt the um, the play, and it's like it's it's a different clip from his POV. Someone went in the replay viewer, and looked at it from his point of view. It's it's bonkers. I don't know how he killed Jinmu, by the way. I don't know how the hell <laughs> he manages to get like the tracking on Jinmu as he's flying through the air, pulling his blade out and stuff. That's that's ridiculous.
0: I mean. Yeah, Um. It, as you said, it's not only this play, right? Because it's this play, and here's the actual clip from first person. Um.
1: God, the Halt as well to save health. him from Muse as
0: Muse dies. So He's 80 health, pulls out the window, kills the Orisa, self-heals, breaks the mech.
1: <laughs> I mean, and the kills, it's like time slows no, down as he ridiculous. kills the Genji.
0: <laughs> it's crazy, yeah. So it's this play. Um, and I mean, I know it was last week, but I'm going to say it again. The play against the San Francisco Shock in overtime on Havana. And we still need a name for Shu on Havana. That's, you know, catchy. Yeah. Because that's his map now. He's made Havana, Shoe Nana?
1: Is it something like that?
0: No. Yeah, they sat it on the Watchpoint Post show, and I was like, oh, my God. I what did you say? No, I hated it. Uh, no, I don't have a name. I'm asking the community. To make up okay. something. Um, <laughs> the, he's also, um, I
1: mean, Shu was known for... Um, Sleep dots as well, and he hit some nasty good sleeps.
0: Yeah, on Anubis, he did it on both times, right? Yeah. He did it in the first match against Chengdu. Didn't he do it again? He had had great Anna plays in the final
2: as well, but I'm particularly remembering the the first time around on Anubis. Yeah, yeah, it's unfortunate. You feel like if they make another Hawaii trip or two, you know, he is. We have that conversation that we had earlier about leaving Lip. You know, he's right up in there. Yeah, yeah. I
0: what, what I like about Shu as well, I think I think he could like he he has that kind of attitude as well. Like if you ever watch his stream or read his Twitter, like he ha- he has a bit of that like kind of like fuck you attitude. And I yeah. just really love him for it. He he know like he's so good at the game and he knows it. And yeah. he's gonna flex it and he's so confident in himself in his ability to make plays. I, I just love watching players like that. It's yeah. awesome.
1: No, I mean, he's an absolute boss. All right, that wraps things up for episode 101. Um, we are going to put out a member Q&A next week. If you are a member, then uh, we're, we'll put out a community post. You'll be able to respond to it. That'll be coming out next week. Next week, we'll do our like predictions for the bracket as well and uh, maybe have a guest on and, and chat about that. I don't know whether Avast will be available, actually. I think he's still getting settled in into Florida. Yeah. so I don't know whether he's going to be around and be able to join us back on the show, but uh, we'll get him back in whenever he available, and that does it. We'll catch you again for episode 102. Well, dude, speaking next of members, oh, oh, speaking members. of members, new members, I, got to welcome I, some. I have to read them.
2: Who are they? Can I talk? Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, I have to read them off because the graphic I had broke last week, so I will have to remake it. Anyway, uh, we have Clay Bradshaw. Welcome, to member. Kamasi. Welcome, to member. welcome to member. Charlie, welcome not Charles, with the tier three membership. Oh.
1: Welcome to Giga Member. Yeah.
2: Julian Miller. Welcome Nathan to welcome Loon. To
1: welcome Mitchell to Member.
2: Mitchell Crane with the tier two.
1: Welcome to Large oh. Member. Oh. Yeah.
2: Melissa Huber.
1: Welcome to Member. Welcome to
2: member. Ry- Ride Ryderia. Ryderus, I should say. Ryderus. Welcome to member. Welcome to member. Welcome to member, yeah. And the shark. The welcome shark to <laughs> Is welcome that to the remember? shark
1: from the advert that that was chasing uh reinforcing oh that stuff God. around. Personally, welcome to member.
0: Welcome to member. Welcome to member.
1: And like I say, keep your eyes we- out for a community post that will be out there. You can give us hot takes, questions, stuff like that, and we'll get around to it. We're definitely booking it in for this week.
2: Got fucking accountability. We're doing it next week, I've got to remember. Okay. We should have uh, Kurt at a podium be the representative of all members and ask all of the questions. Um
1: what? Well, it's just Kurt. It's just Kurt on a podium he is, speaking
2: into the microphone. He is king member. He is, <laughs> he is, he is, he is, he is the leader of the members. But before we go, I believe this is the last episode. We are donating all the proceeds oh, to sure. Rain. Next yes. week, we will have the grand total of all the money we've raised through our YouTube channel towards Rain. We'll donate yes. it from Josh's bank right, account John. live. Right. <laughs> okay oh, why would it come that. out you of my oh, bank gosh, account and not the mind. company's
1: bank account <laughs> matt's trying to get away with Company something reimburse you Company reimburse yeah, you yeah economic wow. in yeah. there um also uh another mention just on that topic as well kurt is that uh one of our viewers Patrick, has agreed to match that donation as well in in support towards rain oh um, yeah but i said i i wasn't able to confirm the amount because we have to wait another week to see kind of what the revenue from this uh episode is but Next week, we will be able to announce the amount. We'll be able to uh, uh, already convey that information to Patrick, who's very, very generously decided to match that donation. And so that money will That's be going good. to Rain and we'll uh, we'll post something probably on our Twitter about it and talk about it during the episode. Yeah, um, big shout
2: out to Patrick, big fan.
1: Yes, huge, huge thanks to Patrick as well. And if any of you are interested in making your own donations, please go and check out Rain.org, um, the number one uh, sexual violence organization Uh, In North America, they help deal with um, the survivors of uh, violence like that and also education for establishments and uh, companies and that kind of thing. So pretty, pretty useful. And we'll see you for episode 102. See you then.